Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, an actual play podcast. Every episode is a micropot in a complete adventure with a beginning and an end that fits into an overarching macro plot of the whole season. Uh, because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these adventures in any order and can skip any you don't enjoy. Today we are playing using the mechanics from the one-pager Mall Zombies by W.H. Arthur. It's our first time playing, so we might make some mistakes. If you enjoy these mechanics, you can find Mall Zombies on Drive Through RPG. Uh, build your own Mall Zombies character and play a game with friends. Speaking of friends, today I am joined by Sadie. Hi! Hi! everyone and then she just doesn't talk anymore she is a five foot five 130 pound macratus elf she has light blue eyes and super pale skin and and white hair and her ears stick out like as flat as the horizon and almost as long bartholomew good afternoon everyone i am bartholomew salvador i am a six foot two human man with auburn hair white skin and blue eyes, wearing a green regimental coat with beige facings, beige breeches, and a black tricorn hat. And today I have another poem to read out. It's another one of my classics, Bell Tower. Was once a call to law and order under noble few, became the sound of liberty to those who scarcely knew. As the years had come and gone, the Tower of Bell doth clamor, not the sound of liberty, but death doth it enamor. Mmm. Very nice. Armando. Yes, hello everyone. My name is Armando Contenda Vilano de Medici. Uh, I am a human being. I am a 31 years old. Uh, my hair is a very dark brown. Uh, it goes to my shoulders. Um, let's see, what else? I have a fabulous mustache. My eyes are amber in color. Uh, a little bit light, like you know, kind of like you turn on a electrical light bulb and what you are looking at is that's the kind of the color of my eyes. Um, let's see what else. My my clothing is perfectly uh, suited for a sword fighter. Uh, it is not too tight. It is not too loose. I have a standard brown set of trousers, uh, a loose but still form-fitting shirt and uh, a long sword at my side that to, to impose a justice if necessary. Mm, thank you. So we are going to start our adventure today uh, as you are all sitting inside the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild, happily enjoying a drink and some food together. Um, what, what are your characters uh, doing this morning before they arrived at the guild? But what were you doing this morning before you oh, arrived? I would be writing new poetry because I'm running out of material for my next magazine. And one of the things I would be doing this morning, of course, doing that, but also drinking a nice cup of coffee, as I'd always do. Mm. How about you, Armando? So many people think I am a transient, but that is not accurate. I enjoy the great outdoors and I sleep in a tent uh, a little bit outside the city of Nicomoy. Uh Usually my routine is I wake up when the sun rises. Uh, I put out the last bit of the embers, the fire, uh, and then I'll practice forms like, you know, sword, sword fighting forms that my master taught me many years ago. I have to keep it fresh as, as, as often as possible. So every day that is my, my routine. Uh, I believe that last episode we were in together, 
we were talking about how we both are campos and camp outside of Nicomoy. Or maybe I'm misremembering, but yes, uh, I camp outside of Nicomoy as well. Perhaps we are set up together at some point. Or we had talked, so. about, talked about doing that at some point. We can go camping. Um, you seem like a noble man, and I am perfectly okay uh, spending my time and my shared space with you. So that is something we can talk about in the future. Uh, yes, yes. I'm still warming up to people generally, so mm -hmm. I'm kind of a loner. So I'm not ready for that quite yet, but I, I knowing your... Um, the kind of man that you are, I I would accept the invitation, but just please give me time. Oh, yes, indeed. And Sadie, what were you doing this morning? Sadie woke up in her luxurious bedroom in her parents, like, not mansion, but like McMansion, you know? It has grounds. McMansion. Yeah, and, and so she, like, I think a butler brought her breakfast on, like, a tray you know, she checked her stock portfolio before she headed out. <laughs> so she's like incredibly awkward around you guys. And she like, she's sitting at a guild table, not eating breakfast because she already did. And she's like, mm, um, can I have a, a, a tea? And Nusi's like, looking at all the beer and liquor and being like, do we have tea? I don't, you know, it's like, they're very awkwardly. And she's like, oh, no, no, if you don't have tea, it's okay. I, um, 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 I'm, I'm fine. And so she's sitting there with water. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so uh, from the corner of your eyes, you see a unfamiliar gentleman walking towards you all. His cloth is poor and his appearance withered. Maybe with age and maybe with experience. He greets you all. I'm sorry to bother you, but I bring a letter from my master. M -m May I give it to you? So I am a, a big fan of mail. And as you can imagine, I do not get a lot of mail out in my tent. So this is an opportunity for me to experience the pleasure of getting something addressed to me. So I will say, oh, yes, my good man, I would I will be more than happy to take your letter. And so I extend my hand for him to put the letter in my hand so as not to appear too aggressive in snatching the letter from his hand. Thank you. Uh, and he very sort of his hand is wiggling um, as he passes it to you. Uh, I am weary from my travels. Uh, would you mind me taking a seat so I may rest my feet with you? Uh, certainly, you may rest your feet. I am not a foot rester, so I will not rest my feet with you. But you may sit next to me while I um, while I read the letter. And if I have any questions, you'll be right there. We can have a conversation. Uh, but I think I I think the the drinks and stuff are close to free, if not free. I'm new to this guild, but if you want to get something, you can get something. And oh, if it, it costs some money, I will pay. Oh, thank you. What is your your name again? Sorry. Oh, apologies. My name is Armando Contenda Vilano de Medici. You may call me Armando. Thank you, Armando. And your friends here? Uh, this letter is also uh, addressed to them, I believe. I was given a description of the three of you, but not the names. I look down at the letter, and there is a striking, uh, strikingly accurate description of all three of us. It's like addressed to uh, 
tall Thor fighter with handsome mustache. Uh, <laughs> there is a man with uh, the tricorn hat and the the regimental coat, and I I would assume that is Bartholomew. And then a uh, beautiful lady with the uh, opulent dress, Sadie. Uh, I believe that's you. So I am impressed that whoever is writing the letter knows what we look like. And now I start peering toward the windows suspiciously. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't see anything in the windows, but uh, you definitely continue on having that suspicion. Um, the older man, the messenger, uh, looks between uh, Bartholomew and Sadie, waiting for their um, for them to also read the letter as well. Before she even reads the letter, Sadie can tell that this guy is slightly in pain. And so she takes out from her bag, she takes out a crystal. And it's really pretty. It's like, like imagine a magical healing crystal with like cool white light energy. And, you know, it's like awesome looking. And then she says, would you like some 2-acetoxybenzoic acid? Uh, I don't know what those words mean, unfortunately. Well, what does it do exactly? It makes you feel better. Uh, how so? Lick it. L lick it? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm able to. Uh, I think it's, I might leave it, to be honest. Um, it sounds... I, I, my master always tells me never to take anything you don't understand. Wise words. Hmm. How about this? And he hands him a cup of coffee. This might make you feel much better. Oh, now that's something I do understand. Thank you. And he starts sipping it, but his hands are still quite badly shaking as he's sort of dripping parts of the coffee down his uh, very poor cloth. Looking back at the crystal, Sadie, what does this do exactly? Hmm. We don't really know. We think maybe it's a cyclooxygenase inhibitor, but it uh, also increases endogenous anandamide. Hmm. I also don't know what those words mean. <laughs> but Everyone you may take this back. <laughs> I don't I'm think actually... anyone knows what those words mean. Don't worry about Talmu. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps my mother would know. She's a she's a surgeon. She's in the medical field. Perhaps you would be able to know what, be able to explain to her what this is and have a nice conversation with her if you ever meet her. She looks terrified at the prospect of meeting a new person. You can tell it was really hard for her to talk to this person. And the only reason why she was able to overcome her stuttering is because they needed healing. Um, so she's like, um, 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 that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, so who's reading the letter? Who's going to read it out? Uh, I will hand it to Bartholomew to read the letter. While he is uh, accepting the letter, I'm going to get this old man whose name I did not catch because I did not ask. So I feel very ashamed that I did not introduce, you know, do the pleasantries. So I'm going to get this man a napkin, like a something to cover his cloth so he does not get all uh, dirty. And then I will also get him a nice grilled cheese sandwich because <laughs> he looks hungry you know he sh and that is a very substantial food and that is prepared can be prepared very quickly so i get the sandwich i get the napkin i give it to the man and i say pardon me while we are reading your letter can you tell me your name since you know all of us now and the name of your master uh, you can call me servant and my master is the master thank you for the sandwich it's very delicious so, who's who's reading it again, sorry? Bartholomew. Bartholomew, okay. So, on the letter, you open it up, 
Uh, it's very well gilded, this letter, and very well written inside. The words read, I trust my servant has faithfully delivered this letter into the hands of the esteemed fire-breathing kittens. Your existence holds, your existence holds cosmic allure, and I beseech your aid in an ethereal quest I endeavour to fulfil. Within the tapestry of time and space, you each pursue a fragment of your lineage, and I, a humble celestial traveller, offer the means to acquire such relics. In exchange, I seek but the chronicles of your past. Deliver unto me six artifacts, and the treasure you seek shall be unveiled. And that is the end of the letter. And it's not signed anything. That is the only words on the letter. How mysterious. Well, there is something I've lost on my way here to Nicomoy. A silver locket that belonged to my father and his father's father as a gift way back from a man who is still alive, who helped liberate my town long ago. Uh, just the frustrations of having lost that, that silver pocket watch. It still haunts me to this day, but it says that the, that the two of you would also have lost something. I have lost many things in my life. Uh, many of those things are either easily replaceable or were probably pretty negative. So I'm not too broken up about losing them. However, maybe I'm forgetting something from early on or who knows. I, I am curious about this quest. It sounds full of intrigue and adventure. And I am ready. Hmm. What about you, Sadie? Oh, oh um, I, I probably haven't. And she looks around and she's like looking for around the room. And as she turns her head, one ear has an earring on it and one ear doesn't. And she's like, I don't think I've lost anything. Hmm. Is it typical for people to wear a pair of earrings and missing one from the pair? Or is that normal fashion? Oh, most people wear two. Why are you wearing one? She raises her hands up to her ears and she just looks so sad. She's like, no, my mama's <laughs> earrings. Well, that's two for three. I am sure there is something, like, I can completely set. Maybe this uh, celestial traveler has something for me. I have no idea what it could be, but I am willing to uh, investigate. And plus, we can find your pocket watch and her earring, and uh, at least you guys can be made whole. I am, I am a team player, or at least I'm trying to learn to be, so let's try to do that. Although, I would like to state for the record with all of you that this letter is Highly suspicious. There are no names. And uh, this guy's name is Servant. And I put it in air quotes with my fingers because that is very weird. And then his master's name is Master. Like, And I also add air quotes again. And uh, I, I look at him and say, no offense, please enjoy the sandwich and the coffee. But don't you think this is a little bit uh, weird, like maybe a trap or something? I am required to show you the way if you accept my master is a powerful being, one able to travel through many times and realities. He gave me back my life and I devoted the rest of my life in his service. I cannot expect you to trust me for now, but if these things are things you want, then it's up to you if you wish to take the risk. But I will tell you from experience that my life was changed once I met the master. Sadie's looking at Bartholomew like... 
she has no idea what's normal outside of her McMansion that she like spends most of her time. So, she, so like Armando saying that this person is suspicious. She's looking at Bartholomew like, are they? Are they not? <laughs> like, I don't Bartholomew, know. Bartholomew <laughs> also being sheltered, only having grown up in his hometown, only making it to, well, he lives in Pine Drake, which is a little bit away from Shelton. And that's the only other town he knows. That's to him. That's a big town, which if you know Shelton and know its description, it is not a big town, but compared to his own, it's the biggest town he knows. And then he's come to Nicomore, so he's also a fish out of water. So Sadie looking up to Bartholomew. Bartholomew, he's six foot. How tall is Armando? Am I looking up or down to Armando? I think it is pretty even. I'm about, about six even. foot two inches, uh, oh, 155 yeah. pounds. If you are interested, very lean, but very I look, strong. I look directly into the eyes of Armando, neither looking up nor down, but directly as a, a man to man and looking for guidance as, hmm, maybe, maybe you're onto something, but. Well, from... I cock an eyebrow and I say, maybe, I mean, I'm a suspicious of everyone. So don't, don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like the opposite extreme of these two. And uh, so I say, uh, I know, so Bartholomew, uh, we have died together and we have come back together. So oh, how yes. much worth, how much worth could this be, right? So I'm not afraid. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, it's a long story, Sadie. I, uh, we can tell you on the way. Um, so what we can do is I say we do it. And uh, all, both of you seem very capable and I can assure you I am very capable as well. So I would be curious to find your earring and your pocket watch and see what this, uh, what this adventure has for us. However, I would like to ask the servant a question. You say you are indebted to this master because he saved your life, and now you are extending a similar offer to us. Does this mean that we are going to be indebted to this master guy? No, that is your choice. I gave the master my life because uh, he helped me beyond the words I could give, and I had nothing left to give, so I gave what I could to this master. So to be clear, and I, I like to get all the terms up front, please, <laughs> believe me. All he is looking for is like a, a story or something from us. He wishes to, as I told you minute, a minute ago, that he can travel through many times and realities, but requires the help and assistance of others to travel. This is not going to be some kind of weird cult thing or like... Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, so I have seen many things in this world and uh, I, I'm, I just want to know what I'm getting into. Uh, this paper is like a contract, right? Like we can assure, be assured that this is all that is required of us. Yes. All the master requires is those artifacts and they will be able to give you what you seek. So I turn, I, I look at Sadie and I look at Bartholomew and I give a slight nod, like almost imperceptible, but they can know. That it's like, okay, I think this is all right. Hmm. I've heard of stories from other senior fire-breathing kittens that have spoke, spoken to the newbies that have, that have, wand that have wandered through the, 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 the guild halls asking questions about, is something like this real and possible? And they go on their what seem to be tall tales about going through time and space and going to different worlds and, and doing very odd things that seem completely out of the ordinary. And now I'm starting to believe this will be, well, 
as you say, Armando, we've already died and come back to life. And that is something I would have never believed, but apparently it's something that could happen. What's not to say this is something that can also happen? And something even more death-defying than even this? So, Fire-Breathing Kittens has had us delve into worse things, it seems like. What's, what's this to anything else? I'm, I'm all for it. Let's, let's be brave and head into the, and head into the darkness. Uh, when Bartholomew says a brave, I am, in, I am inspired, you know? So I'm like, yes, we should be brave. And so I turn to Thady. I delicately take the crystal out of her hand that is glowing, and I lick it uh, like that, <laughs> and I put it back in her hand just to see what will happen. Like, I don't even know, but I am brave like Bartholomew is brave. So let's, let's do that. I may be brave, but I'm not that brave to lick the, <laughs> the, the stairs crystal from Sadie. You have no idea what she has packed up in there. What does Armando, that, um, you feel less yeah. of a headache. Ooh, my head is more clear. And the time that it took for it to go from less clear to more clear was almost instantaneous. I do believe this crystal is something special. However, Athedi, do you clean this crystal like between <laughs> Or am I licking like what everybody else licked and now I'm tasting all of these tongues from the past? <laughs> doesn't seem very sanitary. But it's effective. I mean, maybe that is part of the secret. <laughs> um, I should probably clean this more often, shouldn't I? I'm sorry. <laughs> Love it. Now, I could tell you what you need to find, what you require, these six artifacts. She told me that you would know what they mean, but if not, you will know once you start the journey. You will require a flower that blossoms only in summer, a quill dipped in the ink of duty, a coin tarnished with the tears of the innocent, a bell that rings with the sound of friendship, a ring that glistens in the sun of spring, and a rapier covered in the dust of tradition. I will wait by the door. Please follow me when you are ready. If you cannot find all of these items, the master will do what they can to aid you in the retrieval of your lineages. Hmm. Uh, GM, can you please repeat the uh, characteristics of both the ring and the rapier? Or you know what? All six of all them. Because okay. I'm trying so to write down, but <laughs> I'm not a very fast writer. What, if I may interject, what I've got down is flower of summer, a quill of duty. I, for, I, I don't remember the third one, but the fourth Queen. one is the bell of friendship, a ring of spring, and a rapier of tradition. The third one was the coin with tarnished with the tears of the innocent. Hmm. So yeah, a flower in summer, a quill of duty, a coin of the tears of the innocent, a bell with friendship, a ring of spring, and a rapier of tradition. Fascinating. I hope these things are very well labeled because uh, <laughs> I'm uncertain if we will find the right quill or rapier. There are many of them, but we will see. How are you enjoying uh, this sandwich? It was very delicious. May I take it with me on our journey? You may have two sandwiches, if you like. <gasps> that is very generous This one will have a, a multitude of cheeses. Nuthi is a very, she is like a wizard with uh, the grilled cheese. Oh, amazing. Thank you. You must be careful, Armando. If you offer him too many sandwiches, 
Our good friend Guva might show up at any moment. <laughs> Where's my sandwiches? <laughs> I, we had better get a move on. I think that Guva eats everything inside. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So <laughs> as you all stand up ready to leave, uh, following the gentleman that you just met, as you leave the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild through the main door as usual, you step into a long corridor. So long that you can barely see the end. The decoration is timeless. Dark pattern wallpaper lines the walls and a gnarled wooden floor beneath you. There's just something so familiar about it, as though you've walked this corridor before, alone, but definitely some time in your past. As you look around to your left and right, you see two doors either side facing one another. These doors differ in style and size, and you see a nameplate attached to each door. On the left it reads, Nicomoy Fencing Academy. And to your right the door plate re reads, Father's Office. On inspection you recognise these doors to be the entrances to places you know. So you can walk along the corridor just to get your bearings and see what the rest of it uh, entails. Or you can obviously just investigate these two doors to begin with. I'll leave that to you. Oh, I will turn to my friends. And when I see the nameplate for Nikamoy Fencing Academy, where I spend a majority of my youth, I turn to my friends and say, this door is like an exact replica of the door to the academy where I spend most of my youth. So I also explain that to them. I say, I am very curious about what is behind this door, if it is going to be like the same thing. Uh, however, I am totally unfamiliar with father's office. Uh, my father did have an office when he was alive, but I was not really allowed in there. Um, my father has an office. It Does his door look familiar? What? It looks identical to Sadie's father's yep. office. I nod. Mm. My one earring jingles. <laughs> <laughs> so This corridor that we entered, we mm -hmm. entered when we left the guild hall, we yeah. immediately entered into this corridor. Yeah. Very strange. Already Bartholomew is taken aback by this this strange anomalous world that he's just stepped into. Another another dying and ending up in the world of the undead and finding your way back. And here we are walking out of just the guild hall into this strange world after signing this did we sign a contract or was it just accepting the quest? We just, just for accepting the quest, we walk into this corridor and already I am filled with unease. You are, the, my compatriots are recognizing doors that they remember from their past. Similar to the last adventure I was on, we ended up in a, in a waiting room that we all recognized. Hmm. Strange. I wonder if it has any connections or... If this is normal for fire-breathing kittens, especially new recruits, to be on <laughs> adventures such as this. So, Bartholomew, I want to ask a question before I respond. Uh, was any of that said out loud, or was that like internal monologue? That was internal monologue. Okay. So I will pretend I know nothing of what you just said, <laughs> but I do see on your face it is reflected the yeah, concern. Yeah, so it would so be like, concern. He is worried about something, so I, I, I lean over to you. And I whisper and I say, hey, you should make sure your gun is loaded, just in case. Yes, very, very well said, sir. Thank you. And Bartholomew actually gets his gun ready. Here's his weapon. Hmm. 
So are you going to uh, investigate the rest of the corridor or just investigate these two doors? Oh, there is more corridor. I thought it yeah. was like a dead end and these no. doors. It goes oh, on. My from, goodness. You can't really see the end at this point from where you're standing. Which, so is the door on the right the father's office? Yes. Okay. So I turn to my friends and I say, or yes, I say, I have been lost in many mazes. I don't know why I happen into many uh, unusual places where I can get lost very easy. And so uh, I use the right hand rule where I like put my hand on the right wall and I follow it. And that is how you get out of the way. And so this is a very strange corridor. I'm going to use the right hand rule, which means against my better judgment, I would, we should go to the father's office and we will get, get to the fencing academy at the very end. Or maybe if you have another idea, I'm okay with that too. I thought it was a left-hand rule for for uh, mazes. You always go left. Ah, that's right. This is the <laughs> Nick, the, the fire-breathing kittens. They turn it up. They turn my world upside down. So number one, they go left instead of right. Of course. So is that what we should do? I think that is like on page one of the uh, <laughs> the manual. It's you. Hmm. I'm not sure. Should we split up or should we all stay together? We should not split up, please. <laughs> no, we will not split up. That is, Sadie, do not worry. But I will ask Sadie, what is your uh, relationship with your father? Well, um, he puts a roof over my head and he taught me how to invest in finances. And he and my mom are really nice people. Ah. Uh, I've known him for 718 years. 718 years? Ah, elf. (laughs) You don't look a day over like 23, to be honest with you, from my perspective. So, what's the plan? You know what? I will open the left door. Just, I'm just going to open it because I am uh, bold. Okay, so Amanda, you are heading into the door that's labeled Nikamoy Fencing Academy. As you open the door, it has a, the same feeling. The door feels as though you are literally being pulled into a memory of this place. This is a place um, that obviously you spent a lot of time um, in your um, adult and childhood. As you push the door, it feels the same. It has like that a feeling that it's like when you opened it as a child. It's a little bit heavy. It has the same creaks. And as you open the door, you're sort of, um, you're sort of like pulled inwards and the door shuts behind you. And you can now describe to me what this fencing academy looked like when you were a child. So, uh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm feeling many things at once. Number one, uh, the nostalgia of what I see is amazing. But at the same time, the door just closed behind me and my party is not with me. So that is very concerning because I just told Sadie that I would not split the party and look at me right now. I'm all by myself. That is not, that is a very bad situation. I hope they open the door too. Wink, wink, players. So anyway, as I look around though, I am overwhelmed because this was like a a sanctuary for me when I was little. Uh, I see many people just kind of around practicing. the sounds of the clanging of metal together, uh, the the encouragement of the teachers that is, is firm, but it's not like uh, 
negative and aggressive. It is more encouraging. And so it is, it's, it's all coming back like, oh, this is, this was my safe place when I was a little boy. And up, up through when I was, uh, became a, a man, I became a man here because I was taught by my teacher. And so like that rushes through my mind and I go, is he here? Is he here? And I start looking around for my old teacher. I sh so as you look around, you see, you see your teacher basically practicing with one of the other students. I, I am astonished because my teacher in present day, like real Nikamoy life, he, he has passed away. So this is clearly from before. And I look at him and I say, I, I say to myself, it is Emil. Emil is here. And I, I, I start like a trickling tears a little bit because I'm so overwhelmed. But then I slowly started walking. Like I forget about my party. No offense party, you are wonderful people, but you are not Emil. <laughs> so I started walking to Emil and I, I just, I, I don't even know what to say. My, my, my voice is all locked up and I just see him in his gentle way teaching this young uh, fencer how to properly do what he is going to do. And I stand, I get to like six feet away and I'm just watching. <clears throat> ah, Amanda, it is good to see you. Have uh, you brought your sword uh, with you? Em Emil, I, you know it is me? Of course I have my sword. You told me to of always have my sword. It's right here, look. And I and uncheath it. And as I uncheath it, there is like this uh, flamenco guitar playing, blah, 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 like that, because that is just the way my sword <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> and I show him that I have kept it clean and sharp. So as you pull your sword out, expecting to have the one you have as an adult, you pull out and it's a small sword. And you look at your own hand and realize that you are a child in this memory. This is very strange. Very strange indeed. <laughs> and so I feel to my face to see if I have my uh, handsome mustache. Is my mustache on my face or no? It's just coming oh. through. I say one day, one day, this was going to be a masterpiece. And so I look at Emil, but still like I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And I know it is not appropriate. Like uh, he, he has taught me better than to do this. But I, I, I cheat my sword and I rush over to him and I hug him as hard as I can. And the, the tears, they trickle a little bit more because this man was such a powerful influence on my life and it has been years since I see him. He sort of holds <coughs> you and says, Amanda, what is wrong with you? You're so emotional today. We're here to fight. Yes. Come on, lad. And he sort of pats you on the yes, shoulder. Master. And, uh, and I recognize the pat and the encouragement and I, I just a big smile come on my face and I wipe away my tears. Like, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to do whatever it takes to be the best. Okay, so we will draw some cards. Um, Emil uh, turns to you and says, "Oh, Amanda, will you uh, will you get my sword for me? You're a good oh, boy." Oh yes, and I know exactly where it is and which one is his sword. And to get his sword is an honor. So I walk over and I grab his sword gently, and I carry it to him, making sure not to cut myself or to put uh, dirty fingerprints all over it. You know, I'm a little I'm a little kid. You know, I have dirty hands all the time. <laughs> okay so we've just drawn the first three cards so you are um as you go to as you pick up the sword uh um emilio goes no 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 not that one my 
sword. And he's sort of directing you to something as though you need to be looking for something. Um, something that you've been, as you sort of remind yourself, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be looking for something. There is an item oh. that I've been told to look for. And Emil is sort of uh, directing you to this somehow. So you need to be looking for something specific. Okay. And so in my mind, I kind of close my eyes and put my thumb to my finger like I'm counting the flower, the quill, the coin, the bell, the ring, the rapier. I bet the rapier is here. It's the sword fighting academy, of course. And so I look at to where Emil is pointing and I follow his, uh, the direction of his finger. And I go, oh, it's probably over here. And so I start rummaging through uh, the different things. And I know my way around Thor's. So I know like this is an epee, this is a saber. So these are not the things I don't think that I'm supposed to be looking for. I'm looking for the rapier. Okay. So as you start looking around, you've mechanically, you've drawn a three of hearts, a 10 of hearts, and a nine of clubs. So as the listeners don't know what we're doing in this, um, each room that our players will be um, searching for, um, there is a deck of cards for each room. Uh, as the players will be searching through, they'll be looking to uh, create a, a basically a three-card poker hand. Um, the top, the best one being a three of a kind or a straight flush. Uh, and then underneath that would be a straight or a flush. Uh, and then uh, last would be a pair. And if they can't find anything, um, they find obviously they've not created any of those things. So currently you have two hearts, which would be a flush so far. Now you can push your luck and search elsewhere more heartily if you'd like right now. And what we do is when we're searching harder, I will draw a new card for you and place it into the pile, um, hoping to create this poker hand um this three card poke hand um and hopefully getting the item that you seek um so but for now we'll pause with you so as armanda has walked through this door you see him instantly just sort of vanishing away the door closes um what is bart and sadie doing in this in this uh in this, in this very short moment of time. So the door has vanished, correct? It's just shut. The moment he went... It's just shut. Oh, it's just yeah. shut. Yeah. Hmm. Sadie, should we follow behind him? Um, he said that we wouldn't split up. <clears throat> he said that we wouldn't split up. So, uh, it's a bit alarming that he then immediately did that. <laughs> we should hmm. follow. Yes, we shall. And Bartholomew reaches for the knob to turn it and open it. Okay, so as you walk through the door into the fencing academy, uh, as both of you do, the uh, door obviously shuts behind you instantly. And you see this mm. very, um, it's a very bright room. There is many people fencing. But a lot of, the, a lot of you have turned, a lot of them, sorry, the uh, these um, other characters, these um, are turning to you looking very strange as though you don't, you know, that sort of thing where you don't belong here. Like, why are you here? And Armando, you see um, uh, the rest of the people that you know, all the other children, the teachers, uh, everyone's looking at your two friends now as though there's something strange about them and, you know, they don't belong here. And a few of them are starting to get a little bit antsy by this. 
for some weird reason, like this isn't normal um, for any of the people in that, uh, in that academy to be so standoffish. But as they, as they walk through, they can see that some of them are even turning to face them. There's rapiers drawn as though they're ready to attack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Sadie is definitely very socially anxious and immediately opens that door back up and goes right back through. Where's, where's Armando? Is Armando, does Armando appear to me as an adult? Is Armando the adult anywhere around? Yes, so you see him rummaging around some of the um, uh, different sort of oh. like che wooden chests and stuff. I look around and everyone else is giving me dirty looks or concerned looks, but Armando is over there already doing his thing. No one is very interesting. <laughs> Bartholomew looks around I must have the wrong room. Excuse me. <laughs> so, as well. I will make a note of like, I hear all the cacophony of Thor play die down. And this is very unusual. This almost never happened unless like Emile saying something. And he is not. So I, I turn, I stop, I look, and I see Sadie just walking out the door. I'm like, oh, my friends. And when I see them, do they appear to be like adults? Like I know them or are they younger like me? They look, when you turn around and you see them walk through, they appear to you like ghostly, shade-like, as though there were weird shadowy figures walking in and out. It's because you think to yourself in that moment that, well, they never existed in this time or this place, so how could they be here? Oh. So... No, no, I, I, I am, my mind is putting it together as you explain. And so I rush over to the, uh, the, the spirit, the, the see-through versions of Bartolomeo and Sadie, and I say, hey, I think this is a memory, and you were never here before. So you, you are not present. Like, look at your hands. And I guess I'm just saying this to Bartolomeo because Sadie has just walked out the door. It's like, to me, you look uh, trans, translucent. Remember, like, when we die, how we look? That is how you look now, mm, to me. I see. And I put up my hand. Well, you take care in this room. I will be back memory. as soon as I can. I think I'm supposed to be looking for the rapier, mm. but just wait by the door, or if you want to go through the father's office, try to join Etheri in, in her uh, door, and maybe we will, I don't know. I will trust your judgment, but I will try to get through this as quickly as possible. Understood. And he tips his hat in and slips out. I give him a salute with <laughs> my Very sword. Very Sure. Yes. Nice. So, so back to me and Sadie. Yeah. Um, well, that was sort of shocking experience. Do you want to try this next door to your father's office? Um, sure. And she turns the handle. Mm. So as you turn the handle very slowly and very carefully, a sense of just calm and peace washes over you as you open this door and you're brought into a very luxurious um, and opulent looking office that you'd instantly recognize. But this is, as I imagine, with um, characters of that level of lineage, the room hasn't changed much. But as you see a man um, huddled over a desk writing, he sort of turns to you and he looks, it's your father who looks about, well, to you, obviously, hundreds of years younger, but uh, uh, he obviously looks younger than he does right now. And he smiles and he sort of beckons you over. 
but they're like i said this is it instantly gives you the sense of just oh, a sigh of just relief of being being home but at home at a time where life was even easier and even not even not as boring as you have come to feel that way but just a sense of you know the peace that washes over you so what does this room look like to you it is a an office so it has like bookshelves and a desk and it has a fireplace and it smells like the fireplace and the leather furniture and her whole like posture relaxes she was a lot tenser than she realized being around people she'd only met a few times and she looks way more relaxed here so um your father sort of says oh sadie come here dear i was just looking at your work that you've done she does and he sort of pulls up a little stool that you um can sit on um and as you look down you can see that he's been obviously doing his own work but then looking at work that you had done and you look at it and think wow I didn't, um, i've definitely improved since that point so it must be very very um old yeah so he's obviously he's right away and if that's like i said there's a, that sense of comfort but then there's also that's you start to i imagine remember all the things why you didn't want to be here anymore and do you want to describe how that comes over you yeah it's like thousands of pages of stock trading you know so like she flips a page and it's some stock trading and then she flips a page and some stock trading and then like 300 pages later it's still stock trading and um it's like manual stock trading so like it's both tedious like because you have to calculate everything yourself and important because it's a lot of money so it's like uh-huh still doing this i mean when she went to bed last night she was doing this too so it's just like this again <laughs> i already did this oh i know that that company goes out of business in like 300 years you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so um yeah what do you want to do at this point do you want to start searching for something that um you need to find in this room yeah based upon the list of things i'm looking for i'm thinking maybe it's the quill or the coin so I'm looking around at writing implements because we used quills to fill out these ledgers back in the day. Okay, so you have the six of hearts, two of spades, and the two of hearts. So you're very close to a straight and a sorry, a three of a kind and a flush here. Um, Can you say that again? The six of hearts, the two of spades, and the two of hearts, and the two of hearts. Oh, okay, so, so it's nothing, also close to three of a kind. Yeah, so nothing so far, as you're looking around, nothing seems to have that same level of... You get a feeling as though you looked at this one quill, and it's like, well, no, that can't be. And there's, there's this, other, this other quill, and it's just, or this coin, and nothing really seems to have that real feeling of being special. Do you know what I mean? Um, Bartholomew, what are you doing now as Sadie's walked through? Well, I would have actually stayed behind i know what the situation was and in, in the fencing academy so i imagine sadie's just like oh yes let's go through this door and you'll follow me behind right bartholomew <laughs> nope <laughs> i left the door shut behind her and i'm not seeing her running out screaming and terrified i imagine she's enjoying a memory and i look down the hallway and say time to see what awaits me down this hallway for we have 
I have dropped off my compatriots at their memories. It's time to face my own. And Bartholomew marches forward. Okay. So as you continue on forwards, you feel as though the darkness of the um, corridor is as though there's a light around you and as though you're producing your own light. So when you look behind you, it's like pitch black. And when you look ahead of you, it's also pitch black. But as you continue on, you come to two more doors uh, on the left and the right. On the left, it says the Contenza Bilazno. I can't, I'm going to butcher this. I'm so sorry. Contenza Bilazno Demitini <laughs> family estate. <laughs> and on the right that hand name side. looks familiar, but yeah. not in my memories. <laughs> Only recent ones. Yep. And then on the um, <laughs> right hand side, it says the Pine Drake shooting range. Ah, this I know very well. This is going to be one of my memories, I see. All right, I will step through this door. Okay, so as you push the door, you have that same sense of familiarity to this door. Um, it has a very rustic feel to it and a look to it, and it's very squeaky. And instantly you sort of have that memory of that's the same squeak that you'd always hear every time you walked through this Um it felt like it's a, it's, like it's a door, but it feels like more like a gate. Do you know what I mean? So you're sort of like opening this gate, squeaks. And as you walk mm. out, you're walking out onto an open field. One you obviously recognize instantly. You hear the familiar sounds of gunshots mm -hmm. and uh, the smell of flowers, the smell of um, the time of year that you would spend the most there. So do you want to describe to mm. us what that sh is showing to you? Oh, yes, this is definitely, well, what time of year would this be? Spring, summer? Um, Imagine. It in the mountains. Will be uh, spring. It's spring, I see. Yes. Yes. Very, you know, it's it's been a cold winter it's, and this snow has melted. It's now spring in the mountains here. It's cool, but it's getting warmer and I, the smell of gunpowder, the, the mix of smell, the mix of smells from the flowers and the gunpowder is brings a, a very nostalgic, homely scent back, back through Bartholomew's nostrils. He takes a deep breath. Ah, yes, the smell of the mountains as, as he remembers them and looks around hearing, hearing galloping of horses, hearing gunshots, people yelling, directing orders and also gallivanting and laughing and just so subtle conversation and he instantly recognizes from his this from his memories about how old would Bartholomew be in this memory if it it's the same as Armando's memory was I'm pretty sure Bartholomew looks a little different now you you don't feel different that's the that's the thing that um makes you you see because you saw armando as as he was you look down and you see mm. your own hands and think well wait a minute shouldn't i look the same but no you look vastly younger and even when you look mm. down you realize that you're holding uh your that musket basically but one that would be you would train with not the one that you have and as you yes. sort of look back up again you see a young girl very familiar to you would that be my sister anina it's, it is her. She's sort of waiting for you. She waves you down excitedly. Anina! And he instantly starts running towards her. 
Anina, hello. Oh, Bart, hello. Oh, I'm so excited for today. Uh, I, I can't wait to finally learn how to shoot. Oh, yes, yes. And I'm going to be the one teaching you, isn't that right? Yes. I can't, I can't wait to do this. So Bartholomew, I believe at this point, is 16 years old. And his sweet sister, Nina, is 14. So she, um, yes. you start walking together. Um, mm -hmm. And that feeling that is coming over you is the, that sort of blissful feeling of, oh, wow, I'm like back home again. I'm back to this thing I know and seeing your sister, you can, you're sort you feel like you're getting lost in that memory. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even in a way Definitely. sort of yes. forgetting why you're here. And as your sister oh, sort of like yes. grabs your hand and Literally. like, she's sort of dragging you along, like, come on, come on, come on. And she's like mm -hmm. taking you over to, um, uh, where you would normally, uh, the range basically where you'd learn how to do the, uh, mm -hmm. the thing. Very bittersweet memory. At this point, Bartholomew, he's got his older, the older mind inside of a younger body. At this point, at, at this in this moment, he's reminiscing on sort of why he came to the Fire Breathing Kittens was to look for help with the onslaught of the undead coming across his town, and he remembers that in this ha in this happy moment with his sister Anina who is smiling and beaming, excited at the prospect of, of learning how to shoot a musket in order to defend a hometown from the undead. It, uh, it just overwhelms him. He's, he knows his sister is back home, still wait, waiting and much older. The, the two of them are much older now. Well, actually, not much older. It was 16, this memory. It was only a couple of years ago. He's 18 at this, at this time. So now, now his sister is as old as... He was at this point. Perhaps she is the one training someone how to sharpshoot. But he's thinking back on this, this happy memory. It's, it's a memory, and it's the happiest, one of the happiest he knows. But during, it, none of his memories are, to, are filled with, with ha this is just a small snippet of happiness in the sea of despair from his hometown. Every, every waking night he has to think that, at at any point, the revenants, the undead, will come crashing down, crashing through the walls of his hometown, one by one, and then awaiting that dreaded year anniversary of his town's liberation, where the entire army of undead would swarm his hometown, and he's thinking of that with a more mature mindset as reliving this this memory once more. So. In these moments, he gets this sort of sharp pull backwards as though because you're now thinking about your present. You realize that, wait, this is a memory and I need to be finding something. So what will he be looking for? Oh, he shakes his head as he remembers oh, this, this whole thing. Crazy missions for fire breathing kittens. What have I got myself into? <laughs> I, am I dreaming? But no, I was dead. Is all of this, uh, am I still at home? This is no, but keep focused. You need to. You're looking for something, something around here. And he's looking around. Smell. And he smell. And he smells the, the surrounding areas. The the springtime flowers. Yes, there was. There were some flowers. No, perhaps some something around here. He's looking around. Let's see. Was there flowers? A quill? A ring? A bell? Bell. 
bell tower. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> a reference to his poetry from earlier in this episode, but he is unsure. But he is remembering there's something he has to look for. So yes, he begins. His sister is pulling him to do, to teach her how to sharpshoot. And as he's doing that in between, while she's do, running her drills and doing her target practice, he's going to be looking around for something. So which, which, which one so, do you reckon he's going to try and attempt to find? Out of the out of mm. the six, which ones do you feel like in these in this memory could exist? Mm -hmm. We're outside. I would imagine looking for flowers. Okay, so he's going to look for specifically a very special flower. Okay, so let's see what he gets to begin with. So you've drawn six of diamonds, the eight of hearts, and the five of hearts. So two hearts, and you nearly mm -hmm. got straight with that. If you get a seven. You got very good straight ah. there. So there's potential for a flush and potential for a straight in these moments. So yeah, you're searching around and you're sort of looking around the floor, you know, just like rummaging on the floor, trying to find specific these little flowers and stuff. And you're picking one and being like, is this it? No, it's not. No, is this it? And uh, um, your sister's looking at you being like, Bob, what are you doing? We're supposed to be shooting. I don't understand. Um, but Oh, don't worry, Nina. I'm just looking for inspirations for my next poetry. <laughs> Love it. As you know, I am. Yeah. Okay. No, I trust you to, <laughs> to do this on your own. You're old enough. Okay. So um, <laughs> we'll move back to Armando. Armando, um, so you have a choice now. Do you want to leave this memory, come back and search the rest of the corridor, or do you want to try and push your luck mechanically and see if you can get a better hand from the set of cars that you have? Uh, so... I will say that my team is counting on me, so I am not going to give up. Uh, I would like to use, so in the uh, world of Malt Zombies, the game, I have a characteristic, my adjective is daring, because that is what Armando is all about. And when I am daring, it allows me to look at the top two cards of the main deck in a secret, and then I can I shuffle the deck if I want to. Maybe I don't want to. Maybe I want to keep these two, these two cards. So I would like to use this property of myself and look at the two cards. Okay. So Bart and Sadie, don't look at the screen. Don't look at okay. the uh, third one. And I'll show <laughs> Armando the top two cards. That top one is a surprising. I would like, I think I would like that card. Uh-huh. That is the one. First card and that is the second okay. card. First and second. So first is the one on the bottom. Okay. And my existing cards, what are what do I have? Just because it is a little bit uh, unclear to me right now. You have a three of hearts, ten of hearts, and nine of clubs. Ah. So if I am to push my luck, is that like I draw a one card or two cards or? Draw one card at a time. You know, I think I'm going to choose to shuffle the deck. Shuffle the deck. I will shuffle the deck now. Everyone can look back at the screen. So you did know, you decided to shuffle, which could tell you to, he didn't like what he saw. I, so I've shuffled it. Now are you going to push of it Of course I am, yes. Okie dokie. So, oh, you've drawn a three of diamonds. So you've got two threes currently, but nothing that is going to be another hand. You can keep, you can push your luck as much as you want. So is there, is, it, I, I am very unfamiliar with this game. So. Um, what is the threshold 
that I'm looking for to achieve my goal or is that a secret that you would tell me when I... So you need, so currently you have a pair, right? You can keep pushing your luck to get a better than a pair or you can accept a pair. Um, if you keep pushing, obviously you're trying to get a better result, which would give you um, more close to the item that you want. Um, you do that obviously by pushing your luck and keep drawing until you um, find what you want. But there is limited amount of cards. So these never get shuffled back in. These are, they will stay as is. So it's up to you whether you want to keep pushing. Potentially um, something bad will happen if you draw a joker. So okay. So for a pair, um, you find something, but it's either defective or of an inferior quality. And you can, we will elaborate on the details of that. And that means his power doesn't refresh, right? Um, it refreshes um yeah on non-defective supplies so yeah correct i do not want to screw my uh, friends but <laughs> i am going to push it anyway okie dokie so draw another card you have drawn a four of hearts so you've got three hearts you got a flush um so you find exactly what you uh, need then that i am going to stop right um, there that is exactly yes yep very good so you start searching around and you find um, a very special rapier. You, as you sort of, it's it's sort of like hidden amongst um, um, loads of different swords inside a chest. And it's this isn't typical to put swords in a chest, but for some reason, a lot of these swords have been, maybe they're, some of them are broken, a lot of them are rusted, but you're digging around trying to find, you know, maybe it's something at the bottom and you pull out this special rapier. And when you touch it, you are instantly taken back to the corridor and you hold it in your hand and you look up and you realize that, wait a minute, I'm in the corridor again. And the door to the fencing academy has disappeared. But this, it feels special. There's something very special about this rapier. I am, uh, again, a feeling two different feelings at the same time. Because one, I'm astounded at the quality of this rapier, but then I never got to say goodbye again to Emil asking questions. Tell him how I am now. I'm. I regret not talking to him more, but I'm glad I was able to honor his request into finding the sword. Like he asked me to do it, I do it, and now I have more honor. So I am happy. I'm content with that, even though I'm a little sad. Don't look at the sword, and it don't look familiar. And uh, I want to say this is this is a sword I remember from my childhood, and um, my parents did not care about fencing about being honorable or heroes, they were always trying to impress other people and do things that were opulent and uh, exciting. And so I remember as a child, they buy the sword as part of a lot at an auction. And uh, they were going to decorate their uh, mansion with all these art pieces. But I recognize this sword. This is no ordinary sword. This is the sword of a man called Fabian Ragnar. Now, Many people do not know his name, but I, as a student of swordplay, know this man. He was uh, a mighty hero. And Fabian, he killed the third incarnation of Thalcor, the subjugator, uh, with this sword. This sword is known as the Hopebringer. And uh, I'm holding it in my hands in awe that I am able to touch this. When we had it when I was a child and I pointed this out to my parents, I say, this is a special sword. I would like it, a sword. My parents did not want me to pursue 
being an adventurer or being a hero or anything like that. So they just put it in a warehouse and I, I never see it again. And now somehow through this uh, celestial magic, the sword is in my hand and I am uh, overwhelmed that my, my mentor, Emil, showed me the sword I've been looking for. Mm. I love that. That's great detail. That is. Um, so you stand there, uh, you realize there's uh, Sadie and Bart aren't in the corridors, but for now, Sadie, you are going to continue looking. Um, what do you want to do? You can use your power or you can push right now. It's up to you. Oh, also, sorry, um, Amanda, you get your power back. Oh, ex so you've excellent. Got your, yeah. uh, daring back. Yep. My power is that I'm careful. I look at the top card of the main deck and I may put it on the bottom. So before I push my luck, I'd like to look at the top card. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> All right. So uh, Amando, Bart, don't look at the screen. Hmm. Okay. I choose to put that on the bottom. Okie dokie. Before pushing my luck. Okay. So pushing your luck. Move drawn. Four of diamonds. Nothing yet. Still got your pair. If you want to keep pushing. I do. Okie dokie. Let's push again. Five of clubs. Okay, that's four, a, five, six. a four, five, six. Perfect. So you got a straight. Nice. Okay, so you look around and you sort of, like as, as uh, we were saying, you look at this quill, look at that quill, look at this um, coin, different coins and stuff, even rummaging through um, your father's like um, collections of things. And you realize that there's something special about the quill your father is holding. You ask Ask him to um, look at it. As you do, you hold it in your hands and you're instantly drawn back into the corridor. And as you look up, you realize that you're not in your father's office anymore and the door to it has disappeared. But this quill has such a presence to it. How does she feel? What does it mean to her? This is the quill that my father inherited from his father. It's the same quill that he is going to pass on to me one day. It's a quill with, uh, first off, the feathers from a tropical bird. Like how a peacock has shiny blue feathers, this is a shiny blue feather. And it's been magically spelled to uh, never knock over inkwells. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> thing to have. <laughs> yeah, it's balanced. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> And also, if you make mistakes when you write your numbers, like if you try to add a four and a five and you write down a zero in that digit place or an eight in that digit place, the ink briefly glows red. <laughs> it knows its own errors. I love that. Okay. So, Bart, what are you going to do? You're still searching for these flowers. Yes. And I have vague memories of this day, though... Not sure exactly if it was a happy day or a fearful day. And he's constantly eyeing the tree line next to the wood rows. Wood rows being a row of houses next to the tree line, for anyone's familiar. He's, his regiment is the Woodrow Cavalry Division. He would ride his horse between, between wood rows where the, uh, where the line of trees would be when he would be uh, defend, defending his hometown. So he's keeping an eye as he does on the tree line. I'd like to be use my use my ability, which is to be careful, same as Sadie was, 
to look at the top card of the deck in secret and may choose to put it at the bottom of the deck. Sadie, Armando, don't look at the screen now as I show Bart the top card. What would you like to do? Put it on the bottom of the deck. These are now at the bottom of the deck. And are you ready to push? Yes. Okie like to push my luck. We have three of spades. So currently we are at, just to remind everybody, five of hearts, eight of hearts, six of diamonds, three of spades. What would you like to do? Like to push my, yes. Pushed again. Push an ace of spades. It's two spades. Ah. Mm. Not going so well so far. It's getting more and more dangerous. It is. But I... But I do have more options at this point. Because if I get a two, a four, or a seven, or if I get a spade or a heart, it, there are many options. Continue to look through these flowers and I kept my eyes on the tree lines. Perhaps this was one of those more peaceful days where the revenants only appeared at night. It wouldn't have to worry about my sister during this these times. So I will continue looking for this flower. Okay. Flower of summer. You draw again and you take a joker. <gasps> so as uh -oh. he's drawn a joker. That's a joker. I will now draw from a different deck and see uh -oh. what happens to him. You get a queen. Now the queens in uh in this game, when you uh draw a joker, you are attacked. Uh, and then you draw from something called the zombie deck, which is all the court cards. And each court card has a different effect. So as you draw a queen, there's something strange. As you're sort of looking around, the skies start to go darker. Even the grass starts to become, which was lush and vibrant, is starting to become um, gray. And even the flowers start losing their tones. As you hear um, from behind you, brother? And as you turn around, you see that Amina has like, her face is distorted. It's melting a little. Her eyes have gone dark and black. And she launches towards you, grabbing and pouring at your clothes, dragging you. And you have to fight your way out of this. Um, as you do, um, she is basically scratching a claw in. And you're trying to hold back from this um, attack as... You feel yourself becoming more and more dizzy. You, f you feel this sort of overwhelming um, fog start to come over you as um, you go completely unconscious. And um, for Sadie and uh, Amanda, you see uh, Bart just appear flump onto the ground in the corridor. And as you come to Bart, there's something strange and fuzzy. You don't know why where you were and the um in the doors around you look different and um the door you went into doesn't it isn't there anymore and there's something strange though you can't remember that time any a time anymore in your mind as though there's like uh, a complete darkness has come over you and how do you feel gasping for <gasps> he's shivering crying a bit trying to shake from his head what just happened uh my my hometown i he can't i can't remember and he looks up at sadie and armando you what happened we're oh, we're here yes um another door 
Yes, I remember seeing your name. Your name here, Armando. This, he's trying to, trying to stick to the, um, trying to stick to the mission that they're on. Trying to, to push himself forward to, try not to lose hope, but you can definitely tell something terrible has happened, and he doesn't. He's trying to formulate words, but he's trying to push it back by just saying, "We need to move forward. Need to continue pressing on." I, he's definitely shaken, as though something. It, he looks as though he's been woken up, startled from a nightmare. Bartholomew, you look like you've been woken up, startled from a nightmare. <laughs> can I, can I give you something? And she holds up a clear crystal. I, th- thank you, Sadie. I, pr- I appreciate this. And he looks at... This is 4R4AR7S7AR12BS3Methyl2344A7A77A Hexahydra1H412Methano1Benzofuro32E Isoquinoline79Dial Is that like a Smarty or a Skittle or something? <laughs> no, I think Sadie is giving players and npcs fentanyl oh <laughs> I this think is that's morphine. what it is Morph- oh so it's something different every time this did seem a little bit longer than than the fentanyl from my campaign oh god is this uh, the best for when you have bad dreams <laughs> you're terrifying is it something you need to lick again or is it like oh, yeah okay. he already licked it too <laughs> this character terrifies me <laughs> What do you think old style medicine was? And you got your uh, hair tonics and your, you know, you buy a glass bottle and you chug it. It'd be like alcohol and morphine mixed together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> oh, as I see, I say the, oh, go so ahead. So I look at, I look at, and what, it, it calms me down? Yes. You feel good. <laughs> yeah, I feel much better. I'm filled with this, this sensation of calm and Take a deep breath, and I thank thank you, Sadie. Now that this crystal has calmed me down, I can more recollect on what just happened. For, but unfortunately, he shakes his head. I can't say or remember what happened. All I know is that it was terrifying, and now, it it is like a blind spot in my memory. Now, I remember Armando. You were going to restore. You went to through that door and started to relive your memories. Unfortunately, I believe I faced some cruel fate and now I've lost mine. And he looks over. I do remember immediate memories, especially outside this corridor. I do remember there was a door here that's, that led to the to led to Pine Drake, the Pine Drake Shooting Academy, where I had trained, much like where you had trained, but... I don't remember anymore. So when you yeah. anything about when you try and remember that time as well, it just seems. I know foggy. that I know the generalization, the idea of the of the lo, of the the general things, but or that it exists and that I was a part of it. Like you could say that I was trained here, and I would have badges saying I went there, and I would even have to say yes, I do remember, I do know, I know that I went there. But I don't have any memory of it. So this is a great place to have an intermission uh, as Bart has lost part of his memory of his poor departed sister. 
in those moments. Uh, today, I am joined by Sadie. Oh no, his sister's dead. <laughs> Bert, is your sister dead? No, no, no. His memory of her is departed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang. Um, hmm. There's there's a lot for steak on on steak. There needs some steak. There's a lot at stake here. Stop saying steak, or you'll bring out Google again. <laughs> um, Bartholomew? Oh, such a terrifying, terrifying place. I shudder to, to think about what would happen if I face another one of my memories. And Amanda? I will come up with an encouraging word for Bartholomew when we come back. I'm very excited to try and encourage him, just like Emil encouraged me. Uh, but before we go to the break, I do want to say we have a review, and so I'm going to read it. So it goes like this. Uh, King Feature 42 says this. He says, A friend recommended this podcast, and I'm so glad he did. That was an ex- exclamation point at the end. So I, I did not give the inflection. I'm so glad he did, like this. I love the variety of characters and games that are played. I have just started a getting into Monster of the Week because of Hella Confidence. Shout out to Chico, Errol, and Pearl. Five stars. So, if you want to hear your review on our podcast, we will read it. Uh, preferably if it is a five-star review. But if not, we will still read it. I mean, we're we're open. But please, go to... You will not? I won't. Well, <laughs> I, I, no. I, maybe I'm speaking for myself personally. So, uh, be sure to go to like iTunes or whatever your uh, provider is, prefer, preferably iTunes, because we see that a little bit better. And then review us. Let us know that you are listening and that you like it, and then we will read it on the air. So there we go. Thank you. Right then, so see you all after the break. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Today's mid-episode shout-out is, quote, Top in Lumen Innovator Sven. Your groundbreaking ideas and inventions are shaping the future, and I'm excited to see what you'll do next. Hope you enjoy this episode. End quote. You can arrange for us to read your shout-out at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com. And just so that Sven knows that you can't pick which episode it airs on, so that hopefully that person likes this episode, because they didn't get to pick which episode it aired on anyway. So, um, is there an episode of Fire Breathing Kittens that would make someone you know smile? Telling them about it would help us. We also have books for sale on Amazon and Audible. Thanks. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens. We uh, have left off with our players having some very scary times. So would you like to give us our summary, Bart? Of course. We began our morning in the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall, and a strange man walked through the front corridor, and, or through the front door, soon to be corridor, as you'll soon learn. He came and offered Armando a letter addressed to him, myself, and Sadie, but not in name, only in description, saying that if we were to collect six artifacts, we would be and bring them to his master. We would be rewarded with something that we had, something important to us that we had lost. And of course, the three of us could think of something we had lost, but maybe maybe it was something very dear important to us. Maybe it was something that, well, something something that we don't even know yet. But the three of us accepted this 
fateful offer and took on the job for this reason. We left the fire breathing kittens guild hall into that, that corridor I mentioned. It wasn't a corridor. It shouldn't have been a corridor. It should have been the outside, but no. We walked into this strange anomalous corridor that is dark and lit. These doors on either side titled with a location that each of us had memories of. And each of us went in. They were fond memories that all of us had. And we were searching for one of these six artifacts that were listed to us. A flower of summer, a quill of duty, coin of innocence, a bell of friendship, a ring of spring, and a rapier of tradition. And the six, uh, the three, there were six artifacts. The three of us set out looking for these artifacts in each of these memories. And two out of three of us had good luck. Another one of us doesn't rem went and went through a memory and did not have a good a good time. He, I, Bartholomew myself was kicked out of this memory and the door to that memory was, was had vanished and any memory of that, uh, any of those happy memories I had are now gone. And that is a very terrifying prospect for the for the other adventurers with me Sadie and Armando for they had wonderful memories and now they might have to risk losing one of their memories and maybe Bartholomew lose one of his only other happy memories in his sad sad story of life but we continue after the three of us have gone through our memories found found something Bartholomew wasn't able to find anything in that memory. Only death. Only <laughs> despair. <laughs> so perhaps we might not need all artifacts. Perhaps we'll find more artifacts. More than one in one area. We'll, we shall see. But where we've left off, each of us have gone through three of those memories together. Not three each. One each. So three out of six is what it seems like. And now we are continuing our adventure. Brilliant. Thank you, Bart. So you are all obviously standing in the corridors. Bart has appeared and is seeming quite odd. Um, to your left, you see Armando, um, the, uh, the other nameplate for the door. To your left, it says the Contenza Bilazano de Medici. Oh, Contenza Bilazano de Medici. I see. <laughs> I can I uh, pronounce it for you. Yes. No. I, I, I heard it both ways. It's fine. Yeah. The family estate. Before I go through this door, though, as promised before the break, I tell um, tell Bartholomew something encouraging. Even though I see the uh, morphine is working, even though I don't know if it's morphine, <laughs> he looks very relaxed. Anyway, I say, hey, that was difficult, and life is full of challenges but we are here for you and you do not need to be afraid i say this on the the threshold of a door that i do not wish to go through but i will because i know that it is the right thing to do and both of you are here with me so i am not alone you are not alone and whatever you are facing we can do it together and so do not worry and i, I put my hand on his wait, shoulder but okay on the shoulder i thought on the door <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I, I'm still encouraging Bartholomew. And so it's, we want to do this first to make sure he is at ease, even though the morphine is working like a charm. Um, <laughs> so you know how earlier um, you were kind of like, I don't know if I should trust this person, 
and it's weird that we're going and retrieving artifacts and there's like a magical hallway and you're like don't worry sadie it'll be fine now i'm like maybe we shouldn't trust this person bartholomew lost a core memory you know i mean i'm thinking maybe we mess this person up when we get out of here I am all about messing people up if it is the honorable thing to do. So, number one, I am with you. Number two, I am more curious to find out about this missing memory. Because, to be honest with you, I have many memories I would prefer to forget. So tell me more about what you can, Bartholomew. What you remember and what you do not. I remember the, the door itself. He says, much more calm, collected, and relaxed, but not, not so much happy as he is. There, just, just thinking on his his life and what has led to this moment, but remembering the 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 very close memory of of what was listed on that door, which was the Pine Drake or yeah yes the Pine Drake Training Academy. That is the academy for training young officers in defense of our hometown. So it had something linked to that. My training there. And I know I had trained there, but now nothing, I can't remember anything other than my involvement. It is knowing, knowing my hometown, there's, if, what, what do you two are, this, what you two have, have you two described what you've gone through, through your memories? There are happy memories, if I'm mes- not mistaken. Uh, I, w- I, I will regretfully nod, because, <laughs> because I don't want to make a Bartholomew feel bad. But yes, mine was actually uh, perhaps one of the best memories. And then it was added to even more so because I I retrieved something that was long forgotten. And so I will say it was probably the best moment of my life was going through that door. Wow. I just did work. (laughs) (laughs) But do you enjoy work? She like pauses for a long second and she's like, it does feel good to be productive. And that is okay. If that is what you bring a contribution to this world that few can duplicate. So be be confident in what you are doing and the honor which you bring to yourself and your family. I think that is a wonderful thing. So I... it's a, a really mixed bag, Bartholomew. Mm. Yes, I see. So may not only be linked to the happiest of memories, but I do believe I could label them as important memories would you would you two would you two agree to that that these memories are important to us i would say so i think mm. even the negative memories shape who we are and so what is good or what is bad it forms you as a person you are bartholomew you will never be something different because you are shaped by what you have experienced and even if it was very negative it has made you the man you are today and I must say, you're you're full of honor and uh, bravery, and uh, a gentleness of spirit with your poetry is uh, something that I can learn a lesson from. So I'm sorry that you are missing a part of what has formed you to be you, but you are still you. So yes, you do not remember, but you have not lost your identity. You are right. I do appreciate your comforting words. Say. They they are inspiring me. With that, I, I will see through, through to it that if I come across another one of those memory doors linked to myself, I will go through unabated. I will 
I will face the danger and go forward. And what, regardless of what happens, I will do what I can to see, see this mission out for all of our sake. You don't really have to do that for me necessarily. I'm on the side of like, maybe this person's a villain because they took one of your memories from you because they're using you to get stuff, right? So like when I use people to get stuff, I pay them dollars. I don't take their core memories. That's just me though. I don't think you are using people as much as you are hiring people, right? Because you are paying them money and they are voluntarily saying, yes, they will do this. Much like we voluntarily said, yes, I am here for adventure. They can have their stuff. And in reward, I get a beautiful memory. Now, and then uh, I, I will say I turn to the door. Armando is not looking forward to this door. And I'm inspired by what uh, Bartholomew say. And I say, I will be brave because we do. We signed up for a mission. We signed up for an adventure. And maybe this is something that I need for me to be better for myself. And so I, I slowly turn toward the door. And I'm reaching for the doorknob, but I'm not touching it in case my teammates want to say something before I do the opening of the door. Because last time I got just sucked in and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, me, the player, would be like, look for ways to break it. But Sadie is probably not (laughs) like that. Sadie's probably like, be safe. You know. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, check the walls. (laughs) Check the floors. (laughs) Before I go through the door, though. Sadie, can you hold this rapier? I have a feeling that if I walk in there with this rapier, my parents will once again deprive me of it. This is something that is very valuable to me. And uh, I think it is safer with you. Can she hold the rapier? Let me see. She's 5'5", 130 pounds. I think a rapier she can hold, yes. But it takes both hands. (laughs) Yeah, you don't need to hold it up or nothing. You can, like, drag it on the ground. Just I will re-sharpen it. It's fine. Just I don't want to go through the door. Or I can lean it against the door, to, like, at the wall by the door. I, I believe I believe Sadie is very is very capable of, of looking after. Look at how she's holding it. She's very, very careful with, with, with this responsibility. And looking she looks at scared Sadie, of it. Looking at Sadie <laughs> holding it with both arms, kind of shaking. Yes. And I can take, see on her... I can see on her face the respect she has for the weapon. Like, she is very excited, but, like, afraid almost. But it's just, it's respect. <laughs> and, like, that is, that filled my heart with joy. Sidney, <laughs> have you ever held a weapon? No. She looks terrified. <laughs> well, this will be a fun memory for you to have. If she can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't lose the sword or the memory. I'm trusting you. Bartholomew, I'm trusting you also. So Armando takes a very deep breath. He exhales, and as he exhales, he twists the doorknob and passes through the door. Okay, so as you push through the door, you feel that exact same feeling being sucked inwards and the door closing behind you. You are standing in the hallway of your parents' mansion. It's dark. A lightning bolt strikes outside illuminating some of the hallway. It's raining outside. There's a sharp smell of blood in the air. I recognize this smell. Uh, after many of my, my Thor's fights, there is blood, either my own or my opponent, most often my opponent. And I am uh, concerned because being back in this house is 
not quite terrifying, but it is getting to me. And so I'm stealing myself and remembering the love I received from Emil and the gift he gave me. So I draw my sword. <laughs> and I, uh, I carefully make my way to where uh, the concentration of the blood smell is stronger, but very carefully. So what is the, um, how do you remember this house? What does it look like? It is um, very opulent, very massive. Like um, there are, it is very well decorated. So one thing my parents were very big on was uh, establish, establishing a, how you say, like a very, an image that reflect riches and power. So like they want to show people when they come over how, how rich they are and how powerful they are. And so all around is just immaculate furniture uh, from centuries ago, like a, a lot of elvish decorations, a lot of art from various places in the continent. And uh, with the dark and the storm, it is a little bit creepy because you have all these opulent big rooms, but it's all dark. And so there are shadows that maybe like are sneaking up on you, but once you are used to it, it's not so bad. But what is filling me mostly with fear is knowing that my parents, this is a memory involving my parents. So I, I, I have a very negative relationship with them. But knowing myself as I am now as a 31-year-old man, I know I do not need to be afraid of them. And this is not real. This is just a memory. And so I can pass through with confidence. Mm. So as you start to walk through the familiar corridors, the familiar staircases, even going past rooms that you have had bad memories in, you start to, what's different about this, this memory is though it's like a collection of different memories. The words spoken by your parents in certain situations, you can hear them in the background. You can hear arguments coming from different rooms. You can hear the frustration that you've experienced as a child, as an adult. And as you walk through the halls, you start to get this sense that this feels like the last time you were in this house. And what happened the last time you were here? I remember there was a big fight with me and my parents because I say, I finally have one inkling of bravery with them. And I say that you have no honor. And I refuse to live with you and I move out. And that is the last time I see them alive because like a week or two later after I move out, they are assassinated in their bed. And I hear this later, like through the grapevine, they are, they are uh, pillars of the community, quote unquote, but they are, they are treacherous. They have no honor. And um, it brings me sadness because I know I did the right thing in moving out, and maybe if I did not move out, maybe I would be dead too. I don't know. But um, am I facing them again for the last time? Maybe. As you continue on, you get to your parents' bedroom, and you think to yourself, maybe, how, how often you've ever been there? Probably not that often. But there's something that's drawing you into that room for some strange reason, and as you pull down the handle of the very opulent, um, detailed veneer of the door, something sort of shocks you as you walk through and you think, but this isn't 
how can this be my memory when I never saw this? And as you see that you see your parents in bed, not moving. And I imagine that the, uh, the smell of blood is very strong in his room, right? So I think to myself, this is the night they were assassinated. And I remember hearing that there was evidence all around their bed, like it was a, a message. There was, they, were up, they were very corrupt. And my father was a councilman in Nicamoy, and he did all kinds of dirty deals, destroy people because he did not like them or they, they did not uh, cow to him, cow tow. And so I see a lot of documents all over, scattered all around the bed, full of their lies and full of the evidence of their wrongdoing. And I see them in the bed and I, I'm a frozen because I don't know what to do. They are beyond help. They are dead. And this is a memory. I could not save them and change the path or nothing. And so I breathe and there is an acrid smell of their blood. But I remember my mission with my friends that I need to find one of the things that we are looking for. And I think what could be in this room? Could it be, I don't think it is the bell of friendship. I don't think it is the quill of duty. Uh, perhaps it is the coin with the tears of the innocent because they have ruined so many lives and they are so greedy. And so I think I start looking for a coin somewhere in this room. Okay. So as you look through the room, you find, oh, very interesting, uh, seven of clubs, nine of spades, 10 of clubs. So that is almost a flush, right? Okay. So what I would like to do is... Let's talk oh. poker for a second. I didn't say this earlier because uh -huh. I was like, I'll just let it go. But it's come up twice now. This is what's called an open-ended straight. An open-ended straight is your mm. enemy. Or I'm sorry, a closed straight. This is what's called Correct. a closed straight. Yes. A closed straight is your enemy. An open-ended straight is your friend. So like the, the idea of getting that eight, it, it's like tempting. And you're like, oh, I could definitely get that eight. You cannot and you will not get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the odds are not in your favor. You may not know this no about me. Uh, that's correct. But I am daring. So I can see <laughs> two cards there, on top of the main deck. But there's no jack in this, um, in this the play, deck. The play deck, correct. Because mm. all the face cards got took out, right, and put into the zombie deck. So, like, the only cards that could possibly help you are an eight. And then a six, but like if you have a six, you also need the eight. So like five, six. So this is, I'm just suggesting if you want to walk out of this room and look at another room because we've got a limited number of cards, you're going to flip until you zombie in this room is what I'm saying. So that's the but, advice of out of out of character, player to player advice. I would look at the cards in the other rooms myself, just advising you because this is a, I, a close ended straight. That's only if I'm trying to aim for a straight. I have two clubs. If I get another yeah. club card, I get a flush. And last time I got a flush, I find the sword I've been uh, thinking about for years. Maybe this happened this time? I don't know. Your odds so, are pretty good. We've drawn one diamond, one, two, three, four hearts, six hearts, two diamonds, and two spades, and only one club. So, like, it is skewed clubs right now if you go that I, route. I appreciate that you're uh, you're like a rain woman, to, <laughs> so to speak. And so I am going to use my uh, adjective, adjective, daring, that allows me to look at the two cards. So can I please look at the two cards, GM? You certainly can. So everyone close your eyes or look away. So that is the first card, and that is the second card. 
Excellent. You may put the card down so my teammates can uh, okay. do that. Yeah. I will just draw a card. I'm not going to shuffle at all. Okay. So you draw the three of clubs. So hey, you that is perfect. Three clubs, which gives you a flush. Um, so as you search through the room, there's something, a morbid thought comes through your mind. And you think, if this is a memory, and but not even a memory that I have, although just a memory of a time and a past, then maybe nothing is exactly the way it was. So you start thumbing through your father's night jacket and you pull out a bloodied coin. It glows in your hand and you feel the same thing you felt when you picked up the sword as you're instantly dropped back into the corridor. <laughs> I am a very, very happy to be not be in that room anymore. Um, in a way, I wish I would have looked at some of the evidence, but I know the mission is more important than I can uncover the truth later. Uh, I show the coin to, I say, oh, I'm back. It was terrible. I'm glad you were not there, Bartholomew and Sadie. But I think this coin is what we are looking for. Uh, if you do not mind, I will take that sword back, Sadie, because uh, it means a lot to me. Sadie looks relieved. <laughs> Thank you. So, shall we continue? Yes, I, I'm ready to continue. I noticed bloodied coin and you were not happy in there. So I assume that wasn't a happy memory. But would you describe it as an important one? It was not even my memory. That was the weird thing about it. It was something that really? perhaps I should have seen. But it was a monumental pivot in my life. Something that changed the course of my life forever. And in a way, I wish I could forget it, like you forgot your memory. But at the same time, it's something I need to bear and work through myself. And maybe with the help of support of my friends. We can talk about it later, but uh, it was, I'm very unsettled. I didn't mention it earlier. When you were giving me support, and when I saw you going through that room, I feared for you. I was, I was worried that you would, you would face the same thing I had gone in. And come out the same. I'm relieved to see that you are, you are the same man you are when you came, when you went through. Maybe even better now that you've faced that danger that you had to. Um, I, I am appreciative of your company, Armando. I know we have only met and adventured one time before. And, well, we died while we were trying to take out those rats and came back to life thanks to that contract with death. <laughs> He's saying that with Sadie next yeah. to him, like, oh, so that's what happened. Listen, Sadie so little... far has been whisked away to another dimension and is in, like, this memory hallway. And so she's, like, hearing about you guys come back from death, and she's just, like, nodding slowly to herself. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wanted an exciting life. <laughs> she's definitely getting it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad you say that, uh, Bartholomew. I feel the same way. And Sadie, please know that we extend this feeling to I assume all the fire breathing kittens we will support you and I know many of these doors may not be comfortable or it might be a little bit scary but we are here for you we will help by, you by the way Sadie why did you join the fire breathing kittens because you seem very don't don't take this the wrong way a fish out of water a, like a timid kitten filled and thrown into a a den of, of ravenous wolves. If... I prefer the metaphor of a delicate flower. <laughs> thrown into a den of wolves. In a hurricane, <laughs> maybe. 
delicate flower in a hurricane. Well, it was the Omi really that made up my mind. The Omi? Yeah. The marriage meeting. So if I get married to Hudson without ever having gone outside and done anything, I feel like I never will. Ah, oh, I see. So it's while you have the chance yet to exper- experience new that well, you're experiencing quite a bit, I would imagine. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> so at this uh, mention of Hudson and like, he sounds like a really controlling guy if he's not going to let you out. And so my mustache <laughs> is twitching a little bit like, I don't like this. And I say, tell me about this Hudson. Is he something, is he causing a problem? That you, are you being forced to marry this guy or what's going on? Oh, um, Amanda, calm down. Your mustache is twitching. <laughs> hey, I don't, I, I come from a family full of control freak. I don't like control freak. If this Hudson is somebody that is going to control Thady, we're going to get her away as far as possible from this guy. Mm. Um, no, he seems really nice. So, in Omei is when, uh, you know how, like, you're single and you're like, I'm very single, you know, and your parents are like, maybe we can introduce you to someone and you might like them. So they picked out a guy that is um, going to live as long as I will. And we're about the same age and he comes from a good family. He seems like a cool person, an honorable gentleman. And so we met and then we like walked around the town. We went to the market and, um, you know, he escorted me around the garden. And I was just like, whoa, this is happening. <laughs> so, you know, just thought it was a good time. At the term of honorable gentleman, my mustache has stopped twitching. And so I'm like, okay, I give him a chance, but look, we're like family now, okay? Listen, you're going to be safe. Don't even, if this man is bad news, we'll take care of it, okay? Oh my gosh. He's like, tell me I kill him. I'm like, okay. Maybe not kill, that would not be honorable. But I will defeat him and chase him away so you do not have to worry about him, okay? That's wonderful news to hear that you are finding love in such a way and being responsible not just to him but yourself and finding oh, new I experiences. Don't, I don't love him. Oh, gosh. We oh. just met. <laughs> but you're getting... Oh, well. It is a different might. culture. I mean, I don't understand it either, Bartholomew. Mm. Well, I then, think love I... takes hundreds of years. Oh, I certainly hope not. That is a little bit past my exploration <laughs> day, you know what I'm saying? Hundreds of years. Hmm. Well... Yeah, same for me. I'm 18 years old. I'm learning learning about this, learning about the outside world, much as you. But I'm sure you you've had much more of a a gentler lifestyle than myself. You said, "How old were you?" If you don't mind me asking. Oh my gosh, you're 18. I'm 18. 718. <laughs> 700. <laughs> Out of character. I thought you were younger than that. I mean, you... she looked 23 to me. But she is an elf, so she she very old. Can you imagine mm. having a teenager for hundreds of years? Oh lord, They're like terrible <laughs> twos for like the hormones oh, alone. Years. It's fine. Oh. It's fine. Mm. Acne for centuries. You know <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. That is awful. <laughs> oh, that's oh, thank goodness we don't get acne. No. Oh, that that, well, that is pretty cool. I can appreciate that. Okay, so um, who's going up next? Who who's taking the? Uh, Step forward to see what else is in the corridor. 
I'm going to give you guys a break from all of the, like, sad things. <laughs> I think my memory is going to be fairly tame. So let's let's do this, and then we'll end with a really sad one with Bartholomew. <laughs> it could be redemptive. I mean, it's not necessarily sad. I mean, we'll see. Okay, so Sadie's going to go up. Okay, so um, Sadie, as you move forward through the corridor into the darkness ahead of you, you see another two doors on the left. You see on the... Um, the nameplate, Bartholomew's 10th birthday. And on the right-hand side, Duca Family Gardens. Yeah, I'm thinking a zombie swarm happened at the 10th birthday party, and I'm thinking that one's just the garden, so I'm going to go to the right. Okay, you're going to go to the gardens. (laughs) (laughs) So as you push through the door, um, you open out onto a beautiful field very well maintained um the hedges the flower beds everything is beautiful ahead of you you see a garden party there are many people that you recognize family members old friends people from your childhood you see your parents all having a lovely time drinking tea having small cakes what do you do what is it like this is actually really exciting because i i might have mentioned i'm 718 years old and some of my childhood friends are not kids anymore, shall we say. So, like, to be able to see, I look over for Gervasio and Lique. And I'm like, Lika, you know, like, hey, Lika, where you at? Gervasio. But, like, like without saying that, she is way more proper than that. Um, That's just me. Yo, Jamaica, what's going on, man? It's so, <laughs> oh, so, so good to see you. Yeah, no, she's super proper. So she just like looks excitedly around. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm excited. And she looks specifically at the lawn. The lawn, I'm sorry. And um, she's looking for a metal wire frame hoop. Um, it's like specifically foot shaped in size just to trip you. It's like that. And they're like all over the lawn in like lines. Um, I'm looking for that. Yeah. So you see there's a group of um, kids and parents all playing croquet together just off to the right hand side all having a very fun time as the kids attempt to whack their uh, the balls through the hoops oh my gosh i've got my eyes peeled for a dwarf and an alpaca person a llama person she has like if you've seen odd taxi which is you haven't if you haven't seen odd taxi you're in for a treat that was best anime of the year in my opinion the year it came out it's like 13 episodes long everybody's animals anyway so there's a llama person so I'm looking for a llama person and I'm looking for a dwarf. Oh, they're both there. Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Croquet, I go and instantly. I play croquet with them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Sadie, Sadie, look, look. I, I got I got three hoops. <laughs> Lika. Oh man. So Lika currently is neither of these people are deceased yet, but Lika currently is um like in her late, like in her thirties, and I'm like eighteen, so we can't hang out like much anymore, you know. So it's so nice just to be able to like talk with her again, you know, like, and she's not giving me like old person advice. <laughs> like, and then Gervasio is an old man now, so seeing him as a kid again, I'm like, oh my goodness, he was so cute. <laughs> so yeah, um, they're they're all playing. They sort of invite you to come and play with them. They one of you hands, um a wooden mallet with a red um, tape around it and um, they pass you a ball and at this point you really feel that sense of 
you're being really dragged into this memory further and further as though you're starting to forget what's happening and why you're here because it's just so nice to have that um, connection with these um, old friends again and you can feel yourself slipping and she might be okay with that like honestly i mean to be able to be a kid again and to hang out with your friends like how long can she stay here gm as long as she wants all right she's just chilling okay um so you so as you continue going at this point uh bart armando um as you continue on you see bartholomew's 10th birthday and you see as sadie goes through the door obviously as the same as before the door shuts behind her what are you guys doing now i would like to turn to bartholomew and say before you walk through that door what can you tell me about your 10th birthday party anything significant maybe anything treacherous or joyous or what was it like hmm my 10th birthday, that was a very memorable, very happy memory, of course, much like one I lost, I'm, I almost assume it's, yes. My 10th birthday, I was gifted my horse, my horse Alistair, by my good friend, family friend, a halfling named Gideon McCullough. He was the silversmith that, that was there in, not, not in Pine Drake, in Shelton. Shelton. Thank you. You're welcome. He, he, was, he was a resident of Shelton there when the residents of Pine Drake fled when the revenants first swarmed Pine Drake during a day of liberation. And he, he supplied them with silver, silver weaponry and bullets to ward off these, these, uh, these undead revenants. These, it, was, it was assumed that perhaps it was due to magic that they were rising. So... By using these silver we- the silver weapons, we were able to... Or not we, I wasn't there. Well, I deal with them presently. But during that time, it, it was effective. And ever since the Gideon has been supplying our town with silver weaponry at a, at a low price, and he has been alive since, since Pine Drake's liberation, and he is alive even today. So my, fam- my family, the Salvadors, were the ones tasked with doing runs between the two towns. That's why he is a deep friend of my family. And on my 10th birthday, he gifted me Alistar, my horse. That sounds like a pretty good memory. Uh, do you feel comfortable going through the door? I don't know. I don't think anything bad will happen, but, you know, I've been wrong before. With your inspiring words, I will brave this danger. And perhaps now that I've shared this memory with you, Perhaps you will be able to recount it to me if I were to come back. Or perhaps this corridor is so magical that it erases memories even from those who have shared it. Who knows? We shall see. Let's let's be confident. I think you will be able to achieve your goal in there. You will lose no memory. And in the unlikely condition that you do forget, I will tell you what happened. It's a beautiful memory. I mean, I know you love your horse. So... We yes, shall see. I, yes. I'm ready to face this. Okay. Bart, you walk through the door. As you head through, you I felt that similar thing. Whoop, and you're pulled inwards. It is a, another garden. It's um, next to a set of stables. So you recognize these stables instantly. These are um, owned by Gideon. And you feel that 
it's it's like you said you've just described that memory and it's like you're being put there straight away there are many people around friends family at a happier time in your in your life mm-hmm. um and you see uh, gideon wave you down sort of beckoning you to come he's a massive smile I, on his face i yell out not realizing how low, how high pitched my voice is now. <laughs> yeah. Before I'm no longer six, 18 or 16, I am now 10 years old. Gideon, Gideon! come here, boy, come here. I've I've run I've run over and realizing just <laughs> pitter pattering my young child like feet. Come here, boy. I have a very special gift for you. Now, what would a young man such as yourself? need in such times what would he need to grow into a man oh i i've thought of so many things gideon i want to be like my father and and wheel and wield a musket and go up against those those revenant hordes it is a fine fine wish you have and what final wish would you be to ride into battle now follow me Follow me, follow me. And he sort of like patters you across, takes you to one of the, the stables are empty at the moment. The the, the mm-hmm. horses have been taken out. And there's this one beautiful white horse in one of the stables. You instantly have this sort of rush of excitement, of love and of, you know, just this amazing feeling um, as you see Alistair in the, uh, in the stables and Gideon sort of bringing you along. Note that Bartholomew does have memories of this, and he does know this is when he was gifted his horse. But almost instinctively, he says the same thing he asked, or he answered when Gideon asked him what he thinks it could be. He answered the same as he did before, that he would want to have a musket like his his father to fight the Revenant Horde. He had not known that when he had asked for a horse, and they said, and his family said, not that it's out of, it's out of the their payment it's it's a difficult thing to take care of that he accepted it as truth and fact and and left it to his side this is what he remembers and he just and bartholomew in the moment even though it's him as the adult knowing what what happened during his 10th birthday still recounts what his child what he says a child almost instinctively as to honor the memory rather than than change it or predict it almost like reading a book over and over again and knowing what happens. And as a child would know something, <laughs> a detail would be changed. He would know, no, that's not right. He said this, not that. He doesn't know that's happening yet because it's the surprise has to, because if he said that, it wouldn't be a surprise. And that's what Bartholomew is doing himself, almost reliving it, knowing that there is a danger, there is a threat that he could lose this once more. Hmm. That's nice, that is. I really like that that sentiment to it, that it's such a precious memory that even subtly changing it would tarnish that. Um, and as um, Gideon opens up the the stables and Alistar comes out, he says, come boy, picks you up and puts you on the saddle um, and holds the reins and says, shall we go for a walk? This is, this is very exciting. He remembers himself saying, and says that out loud. I, a horse, really? Did my father have some some play in this? I told him I wanted one, but he said I couldn't afford it. And Bartholomew, as he remembers, he starts crying at this moment. He cries this moment as well. 
It's a beautiful moment. And he starts wiping wiping his eyes with his arms, like happily and just excited. Yeah. So you feel that same thing that is coming over Sadie. There's that being lost in the memory so deep that because you want to relive it exactly how it was, you're starting to slip into forgetting why you're here. And at that moment, we'll go to Amando, who you, you're in the corridor waiting and you're, you seem to be waiting quite a long time at this point. No one's coming back out. So I am getting a little bit nervous. Uh, just a little bit, though. Because, but I do remember that in each of the cases with my memories, I, there were regrets that I did not spend it longer in there. I was uh, too focused on the mission. And I can see with the opportunity to revisit something long forgotten or perhaps a feeling that you have not felt in a long time, that that is something worth dwelling on. Uh, just let it, let it pass over you and let it uh, envelop you. And so what I do in the meantime is prepare myself. And so I, I test the sword that I find, the uh, hope bringer, and I am trying to practice the same forms that I would with my regular longsword to see what the balance is and to see how it feels in my hand and what different, different moves I need to do in order to defeat my enemy. But all the while I'm thinking, I hope that uh, Sadie and Bartholomew are okay. Nice. So Sadie or Bart, which of you wants to choose? Do you stay or do you fight it and try to get back onto task? Sadie's staying. Yeah, she's having a good time and she's recounting what it was like to hang out with Gervasio and Lika. Bart is being ridden around on his new horse, Alistar, and is in remembering these memories very fondly. He he started his adventure here to look for help and to maybe find a cure or not I wouldn't say a cure but an answer to the to the pl to the zombie plague overrunning his town but he has Alistar with him and it's a memory he holds very fondly he is terrified of the prospect of losing this this memory with Alistar and now he's of course knowing that he's terrified because he has to look for an object. And by keeping his eyes away from his memory as he did before, it risks, it risks something terrible happening, him losing this key memory of his that belongs to him. Alistar is his best friend, and his greatest fear is losing it. He did, he's always careful with his horse, but he would never think that Something as such as losing a memory of meeting his best friend would be on the tables during an adventure like this. His horse wasn't even with him this adventure. <laughs> and he's here anyway, of all the things. There's part of me that was hoping you would have brought him with you and then the horse would just be in the corridor <laughs> walking around. <laughs> that would be funny. Will he even remember his horse when he goes back? <laughs> it's... And just the idea, but no, remembering Armando's words of encouragement to be brave and to know that he has his compatriots, he, Armando and Sadie, by his side. And he has left Armando with the, the, at least the, the spoken word of his memories of this, but to relive it, there is no way he can say everything to Armando of the memories that he holds. But he no understands that at the very least, he'll know what he lost. 
maybe not feel it, but he'll at least know it. And that's a comfort comfort enough to continue forward. Uh, Bartholomew begins looking for something around here that might be needed. For what's left, perhaps a bell or a ring. He's not sure what the what he is looking for. But a bell of friendship, a, a ring of spring. I you find a flower of summer, my friend. I looked I looked for that but earlier. Yeah, and you didn't find it, right? That's here, identify. right? No, that was in the other memory. I'd imagine it'd be something else. Perhaps perhaps I would find the flower of summer here. I'm not sure. Uh, we're still missing three items. You're looking for one. What would Sadie be looking for? I think probably the Bell of Friendship is in mine. Ah, and... because of your friends. So yeah. perhaps the Ring of Spring. Well, or Flower of Summer. The Spring one was the one that got removed from you, so it's the oh. Summer one now. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you start looking. You get an Ace of Hearts, a Five of Spades, and the Four of Clubs. Quite a, wow. quite a big spread. Four or five. Well, at least there's a four and a five. Perhaps I'll get a three and a two <laughs> or a three or a six or a joker. We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, as always, I will be careful, especially here, and go ahead and have that first card revealed. Okay, everyone else, look it's away. Secret. Leave it on the top. I'll draw it. So as you draw that card, you find a... Straight. You got a four, five, six. So as you are looking around for the, fl the flower, correct? Yes. Yeah. So as you're looking around, even just atop of Alistair, you know, you've got uh, quite a height advantage at this point. And Gideon is he's that's talking all to you. That's, all, that's the only thing I needed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was... I forgot to bring Alistair to be on the shooting range that day. That's all I needed. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you look around and you see in the breast pocket of Gideon a flower brooch and as you reach out and touch it you're dropped back into the corridor boom, 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 next to Armando who is swishing his sword diving doing stabbing movements <laughs> <laughs> and you rarely just barely miss a stab <laughs> as he pushes it forward <laughs> oh I am so sorry Bartholomew I did not know you were there I glad my cat like reflexes could avoid skewering you <laughs> oh. Bartholomew is on his back. He kind of takes a deep breath in. <sighs> As he did when he entered his first memory. He's taking in the smells, though he doesn't remember those smells, but just the relief. The same deep breath. I remember it all. It's even I, like emboldened in your mind now. The same with the it Armando. It's like very much. It's become anew. The memory is less distant and it's become more fresh. And in a way, you. As you said earlier, gained more from them and you remembered more from them, you know. The details you didn't see the first time. That is, oh yeah. Going back, going back and having that memory. Armando, do you, when you, during your first memory, were there feelings, I'm, they were your memories, but did you experience it in a different way, in a more, in a, in a more, in a more important way, as though you were remembering things better and more dear to you. Yes. I think with the benefit of perspective, now that I am older, I can value I can value what I saw then when I was just experiencing it as a child. But now I can see how important that time was, how lovely it was. And then to have it echo in my mind the smells and the the sounds and the sights 
I can understand a fuller picture of why that memory is so important. So yes, it is it, it is very substantial. And I by the look on your face, either the the crystal you lick is very powerful <laughs> or the memory you have was beautiful. That is true. Perhaps the crystal is enhancing my my perception of the situation. Well, but... let's not get crazy with the crystal leaking. You know, I don't want to abuse something that is, can be used for good to make it bad. But what what I experienced was was it made me remember something dear. The reason we're here and doing and putting ourselves through this hell is to retrieve something that was lost to us, something important. The thing that I had lost was a silver pocket watch that belonged to my dear friend Gideon McCullough, and he is the one that gifted me Alistair on my 10th birthday. It, it would pain me to, to have lost that silver, locket, silver pocket watch forever, for that was the pocket watch he had gifted the first Salvador that, that ran into town begging, begging for help and Gideon, off, and Gideon, even then when he was about to your age, I would say looking at what how old are you i'm 31 uh, I'm not, slightly older he's a halfling he was in his 40s when when pine drake was liberated but now he is an old old man it would pain me to return home or him to see me again and not have that pocket watch i understand the importance now of getting that pocket watch but it would have terrified me if i had gotten that pocket watch but didn't understand the the absolute importance of it for Gideon gave me something on my 10th birthday that meant so much and he knew how much it meant to me for he knew my, how much our the relationship with my family has been for generations and i must respect that i, mu I must see to it that i retrieve that pocket watch it sounds like it has emboldened your tenacity to get this pocket watch and uh if i can help in that some way i will but let's um First things first, let's make sure Sadie is okay. Oh, yes, Sadie. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course that is. Sadie oh, and, her, and her crystal. <laughs> <laughs> and a wonderful, happy crystal. Hey, let's not... You are sounding like an addict, Bartholomew. I have encountered many <laughs> people like that that are dependent on external sources of validation and joy. Is it? Do you think, do you think so? I wonder if Alistair would appreciate those crystals as well. I know hmm. horses like a salt lick. And a very a similar, <laughs> uh, it's a thing, it's a crystal, you lick it, but we'll you have to probably Sadie. talk to Sadie about that. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sadie, what are you doing? I'm playing croquet. I am <laughs> not dirtying my dress. I'm eating tiny cakes and sandwiches. And most of all, I'm running around with... Gervasio and Lika, because neither of them will run around with me anymore. Oh, nice. So, Armando, but it's been quite a long time now. What are you going to do? So, I am impatient by nature, and that is something I've been working on. But I'm going to say, excuse me, Bartholomew, I need to see what's going on with Sadie. Maybe she is in trouble. I don't know. So, I burst through the door to see what's oh, going I on. Knowing Wait, that I'm like going to... to be like a spirit man, <laughs> like they were in my memory. Me too. I'd like to see Sadie's memories as well. I'm ah, pretty sure they're happy. Let's go. It and, must and be not, really good or with, really bad. And not filled with men with rapiers <laughs> giving you side eyes. 
Okay, so as you burst through, you see the the picture I described, uh, the beautiful garden party with many people, and you had the same experience. Uh, but obviously, Armando, this is your first time out having that experience that they the, the other two had in your memory. The other people are like, feeling off with your presence. Obviously, you um, are strange to them. A few of them have feared. Some of them run away. Some of them are screaming even at your presence. Say so that you sort of see that your friends are starting to freak out really and they're holding you for um, like support. They're scared. They don't know what to do. Aww. They're scared. Aww. I'm scared too. I cower behind my cowering friends. What are you, going, what are you doing, guys? Well, I was going to offer them my pamphlet as a as a way of calming themselves down, but I don't think they're scared of us being strangers. I think it's something different. You said we appeared as spirits yeah, in your memory. Dark correct? shadows. Mm. Is my voice a different? Like, is it more foreboding? It's... Like a spirit would be like very echoey or something like that? To you, no. It just sounds like you're just speaking. But when you start, if you start asking, start saying things, the people start getting even more terrified. Hmm. Bart okay, sees I'll this and as I'll much say. as oh. I the player want to say can I offer you this pamphlet only <laughs> 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 about something horrifying <laughs> I wouldn't do that now okay I will be very uh, direct and to the point I will say excuse me everybody there is no reason to be scared of us we're not here for you we are just trying to make sure a Sadie is not forgetting what she is supposed to be doing. So, uh, Sadie, I see you over there. I see you hiding. You do not need to be hiding. You need to be doing what you are supposed to be doing. So please get on with it. I'm going to leave now so you can do it in peace. But uh, I'll be back if you are not doing it in like very soon. And so I leave the door after that. I say, Bartholomew, if you want to say something, now is the time because they have like we they have. We have their complete attention, but I have said what I need to say. <laughs> I'm going to so do I it. I look around real quick, carefully. Everyone's scared when you say, we're not here for you. We're here for Sadie. <laughs> and everyone's like screaming. So I'm going to look around, see the table. Uh, I, I just set my pamphlet down. You, you can maybe look at it. Maybe. <laughs> and okay. just like, ah, oh my God. <laughs> and, it, it, and, then we, and then I step back to the door as well. <laughs> Take my pamphlet. <laughs> Read Aww. it. There's a crossword puzzle on the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay so sadie was always an obedient child so upon hearing like the it sounds like disapproving tone of armando she does <laughs> indeed focus on her work she's trying to find the bell of friendship can i see three you cards? certainly can you've got ten of spades the ace of clubs and the nine of diamonds quite a healthy spread there aces count as one doesn't it yeah uh yeah. I would like to use my careful power to look at the top card of the main deck and decide whether or not it goes on the bottom. Okie dokie. So here is the top card of the deck. Am I ready? Okay. Where is it going? I am going to draw it. You're going to draw it? Okie dokie. So you have just drawn the two of clubs. So now I have another one of them close-ended straights, or I don't know. It's like, it's not double-ended. Yep. It's only a single card, which is a three, but I also have two clubs. You do. So I will push my luck. You push your luck, and you draw 
Oh, oh no. 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 Joker. We're saying no because it is a joker. <laughs> oh. Okay. So draw a jack. Back draw a jack. <laughs> For listeners not aware, if you draw a jack, it so the zombie deck is the royal cards, so jack, queen, and king. And a jack is you're safe, but queen and king are you're not safe. So you get a jack. You do get a jack. So um at this point. You didn't experience, obviously you didn't, you didn't, you had no idea what happened with, with Bart's experience, but the world starts going dark and gray, clouds come over, everyone starts turning to you, everyone with like full attention on, onto you. They start, their eyes start shifting dark and black as their features begin to twist and more. This is a horrifying thing to experience as they start lurching towards you, trying their best to grab at you. They're sort of, you know, 28 days later, level sprinting at you, <laughs> trying to grab at you. Um, you can describe now how you manage to escape. She collapses on the ground at first, like backing up and she like falls down and she sits. And then she realizes that like her real friends wouldn't do this. So being around strangers empowers her to flee. <laughs> she finds the strength <laughs> to get to her to get to her knees and then to her feet and then runs away. Okay, so she, she sprints and dives back through as best she can through the uh the door as she's um, mercilessly sprint uh, chased by these uh former loved ones and friends. So you're back through into the corridor. At this point You've seen all six doors. As you'll stand there, you see ahead of you a glowing pearlescent doorway appears ahead of you. And it is the final room. I will say to Sadie, who just appeared, because I'm not practicing my sword play because I don't want to cut her sudden appearance. I say, Oh, I'm so glad you made it. You must have drawn something right because that door just appeared. So, congratulations on accomplishing your mission. What did you get? She looks terrified, not a breath. And she just like doubles over and like puts her hands on her knees and pants. She's not really an exercisey sort of person. What and happened? And then she just looks up at you and she's like, those were not my friends. What? Can you describe what happened? Do you have, you still have your memories. Don't, do you not? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I didn't. Um, oh, they, no. they're like faces melted and... It was, then they started chasing me. Ooh. Sounds like a nightmare. I'm sorry you had to deal with that, Sadie. That sounds overwhelming. And I think that I, maybe I should have not uh, been so forceful and direct with you. Or maybe I should not have scared the people while we were there. Although I blame that on Bartholomew primarily. He's a more uh, intimidating shade than me. <laughs> uh, however... You are safe now. Those, that was a memory that could have been real. It could have been modified by whatever is controlling this corridor. But Bartholomew is here for you. And I am here for you. And we will keep you safe. I certainly hope our presence didn't alarm your, your friends in that memory. I, I'm sorry if it, if it did. It didn't mean to ruin that wonderful experience and turn it into a nightmare. I can't remember what happened to myself, but I felt like I had woken up from a nightmare. One of those nightmares you know you had, but you can't remember the details of. 
as what it felt like to me. And from what it seems like, I experienced the same thing. I'm just glad to be here now. Whew. And then she like straightens up, pats off her dress, looks a little bit more put together now that that is far away. Okay, so you have the last place to go. Who is going forward? Sadie, booking it. It's like, <laughs> all right, let's leave. <laughs> okay, so you go through this um, pearlescent. It's not It's not a door. It's like a doorway. And, and as though when you walk through, you're sort of trying to grab a handle, but it's like there's nothing there. You just sort of step through, and it's like you're stepping through like a sheet. But the sheet sort of goes over your face and over your body, and then you step into a perfectly gigantic white room. There's nothing in it for some reason. Are the rest of you following? Of course. Okay, so you all experience this white room. And as you all step in, the world, like, sorry, the room around you and the world around you is starting to shift and turn. And this is though, like, your own, the projections of your thoughts right now are coming forward into this reality. But they're morphing and switching and they're becoming more aggressive because the the thoughts of the like what Sadie just experienced, what Bart has experienced, these sort of shade shadowy like figures, they don't seem to have a form. They seem to be what like what Armando saw um, and what Sadie saw. You were all um, in other in each other's memories. And as though they're sort of morphing and twisting and they're coming towards you. And at this point, you realize that if we don't get out of here, we may not get out of here. So at this point, you need to escape. Um, so you need to decide, out of the three of you, who is the leader and who is going to lead the escape through these weird, shifting, horrifying like creatures. who are, they, they seem to be made out of like a, a like an ash or a dust um they don't seem to have like like a smoky form but like a or a physical form like an ashen form as they as they sort of step and walk they're leaving these sort of puddles or not puddles um sort of scorch marks of ash so who is the leader who's going to lead the the escape hmm. um out of character i'm i'm thinking between bartholomew and armando who is the most i will stand ground <laughs> Because I know Armando's honorable, but so is Bartholomew is brave. And I'm sure, Bar- uh, can I, <laughs> I'm not sure how I'd say this, but Bartholomew would look to Armando. Armando, uh, <clears throat> let me get the character. Armando, I, we are facing this great danger. And as, as much as I have only known you for so long, if I have so much to live for, but... I don't want to stand back. I, I would I prefer protecting everyone here. What? How, how How do you feel about this situation unfolding? I will tell you how I feel about it. And so I will draw both a sword that I have now, two swords, and there is like a harmonious uh, music that is guitar playing, blah, 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 both of them. <laughs> and so I got the swords and I say, what you do best is you are a tutor. So you need to shoot people. I will rush ahead and I will chop them up with my swords and you will knock them down with your bullets. And then Sadie, I guess, could maybe offer drugs to them to put them incapacitated or something. I don't know. But she is very powerful and I do not want to screw with Sadie because I think she could mess us all up. Um, I'll heal you if you get injured. 
oh, I like that idea too. So, uh, vámonos. And I take my swords and I rush at the closest uh, spirit with my two swords and I start attacking. Bartholomew is taken greatly aback of this, this rampant bravery, reckless abandon. He was going to ask, if you fall, what do you have any last wish before you fall? But he's already, <laughs> already rushed out there. He's like, ah, oh. he looks back at Sadie <laughs> with her rocks and thinking, well, I, I will do my best to learn if Armando falls without telling me anything. I will, I will do my best to learn of his legacy and, and hold him up and hold and hold his name up high and <laughs> and, and find and find out how how to continue his legacy. Um, this this might help. And I hold, I toss you a crystal to lick. Bartholomew, <laughs> Bartholomew is looking at this crystal. It's like, Mercedes, now it's not. He's looking at it, thinking of how good I felt that first lick. Okay, so mm. at this moment you are being—he's distracted. Yeah, you are being bum rushed at this point. <laughs> no, this will uh, help. This will help. It's two S N methyl one. Not now, <laughs> We're being rushed. Trust me. So yeah, um, Amanda, you are leading the charge um, as you're sort of swipe, 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 cutting down these um ashen creatures every time you cut one down they sort of like uh, fall to the ground and then as though the dust or ash just seems to rush away to some unknown location um you seem Ooh. to be defeating them but you don't know what is happening at this point you just like cut and bart is shooting shooting as best as fast as he can bart, bart understands exactly what this is these are the revenants this is what they do when you cut them down they disperse into dust and go back to some of Bart's freaking out. He understands this is this, these are not your typical shaded figures. These are the revenants. He's he's laser focused. He doesn't want anything to do with that crystal. He doesn't. He's not thinking about Armando anymore. He is in full, just he's full trauma mode, traumatized by the revenants swarming. This is this is the entire army on the on the. On the anniversary of, of the li Day of Liberation, this is the entire swarm, and it's just the three of us. We have to do what we can to to fight them back fully. Just all of his motions of loading the gun, you know, one action quickly. <laughs> no, load no, draw for five, load for five. You know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going every every round is the entire thing. He's shooting every action. <laughs> okay, cool. Yes. So. Your uh, final three cards are seven of hearts, seven of diamonds, and the five of diamonds. So you've got two sevens and two diamonds. When you push your luck at this point, you'll be needing to give me some more battle descriptions. We have already drawn the seven of clubs. So just to give you a heads up, there's only mm. one seven left in the deck. Um and we've already drawn the five of hearts and the five of clubs and the five of spades, so there's no fives left. What about sixes? Are there many sixes or diamonds? All sixes have been drawn. Yep, I got a six here, yeah. There's some diamonds left, but yeah. So, Amanda, this is you. How are you All right. pushing your luck to draw the final card? Well, I would like to uh, use my daring adjective and then uh, look at the top two cards in the main deck. So let's do that in a secret and then 
Maybe we draw them, maybe we shuffle. Okay, so I'm going to draw the cards now and show you them. So the first card is, and the second card is. Okay. Very good. Oh, this is my skill. This is his skill. This is my skill. You're not supposed to be looking. Lady, look away. No, no, All right. Sorry. First card. Okay. First card. That is perfectly card. good. You may put them back in the deck. I will draw. I will not a shuffle. Okay. So you draw the seven of spades. Oh, what are the odds of that happening? Seven, seven, that seven. is amazing. <laughs> you got three sevens, which gives you a three of a kind. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Um, so you manage to push past fighting these uh, strange uh, entities as you push through and you get to a point where you feel like you've you walk through into a bubble the bubble like as though the world has shifted around you and you all the the bright lights that were surrounding you at this point have completely dimmed and they're focused on a table in front of you um yeah so this is a pristine white seemingly hewn from marble this table yeah it's ethereal and it's sort of bending and shifting as though it's reflect reflect sorry refracting its own luminescence it's a very strange thing and then you hear a voice resonating it's not really audible but it's echoing in your mind and it seems to be emanating from every different locate uh, direction. Place the artifacts upon the surface and we can commence. Bartholomew takes out the, <clears throat> the, the, what was, oh, the flower he got from, from Gideon and places it on the table. You got four. So who's placing the next three? Sadie has a quill. I will first put the coin with not a second thought. But then I pull out the rapier and I reflect on what Emil meant to me and his words echo in my mind about being brave and being a self-control and how honor is the most important. So I put the sword down knowing that I may never see it again and that is okay. Okay. So as the artifacts are in their place, a humanoid form materializes behind the mysterious table. A distant hum reverberates a symphony of unseen realms making their arrival. Their face veiled in a mist, like prism, sorry, yet prism-like, and it radiates like a diamond. Its body twitches and shudders subtly at the edges as, as, as if it doesn't exist in this tangible present, but is projected from some different dimension beyond the realm that you inhabit. <laughs> I am projecting myself through the cosmic interdimensional ways from my home in the Interpol. <laughs> I can travel through the memories of people. It's like time travel, but better. Thank you for all the wonderful memories that you've shared with me. It is nice to see you all again. And uh, the voice sort of has a sort of a jollier version of the man that you met earlier, the one with the letter. So are you this a servant, quote unquote servant, or are you the master, quote unquote master, or have you been the same person this whole time? I am all things and all times. So are you me also? I've shared your memories. I have yes. traveled with you, all of you, all together. I have become part of you and you have become part of the experience that I share with everybody who takes on the risks and the reward. Now, speaking of rewards, 
I'm sure you would like to have your rewards for the effort that you've given. Yes, I suppose. Mm. I hope that it's not a lifetime of servitude. <laughs> well, that's your choice. For I give you the choice. Oh, uh, by no means, no. I do not want to be <laughs> an, a servant. <laughs> <laughs> Many of you enjoyed the memories. If you wish, you can go there forever. Or you can have another gift. The gift that I promised. I give you the choice right now. Do you want to live in your memories forever? Or go into the future? For... From myself, Bartholomew, I have made the decision to the memories I hold are, were, I hold and did hold were near and dear to me, because but the circumstance back then and even now, I must, I must, I must stay here where I am. There's something greater than living through my happiest memories again and again, that must that must be dealt with. So I will take the, the silver locket I have lost. Sadie, what do you say? On the one hand, it was really nice to be in the garden. On the other hand, I'm good on that for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the way it ended. <laughs> and you, Amanda, what do you choose? Uh, I choose to apologize to Sadie for ruining that memory in her <laughs> mind. Like It sounds like she was having a very good time. And I may have been a little at short with the people there, you know. So I will, I will, as an aside, talk to a Sadie and say, hey, I'm very sorry about that. That was not what I was hoping was going to happen. But then I talk to this ethereal voice and say, um, you know what? You have uh, provided me a memory that is very valuable to me. I can take with me going forward the honor that was imbued in me by Emil. And I can remember the the fact that my parents were assassinated and that I need to find the person that did it so I can give, give him what's coming to him. You know what I mean? And um, that is enough. That is enough for me. But, I mean, it's up to you. If you want to give me something more than that, I will not, I will not shy away from it. <laughs> well, I am very happy with your decisions. I'm sure we'll meet again. Armando, you did so well. You retrieved two very difficult items from very difficult memories at times. I can give you your sword back. And uh, the sword appears oh. in your hand. But it's better this time. My it's cleaner. It has a different resonance to it. It feels different. It's as though the one you had was the memory. But this is the real version of it. It feels different. It feels heavier. It feels more substantial. I will take it and say thank you. And this means this is a significant um, gift you have given me. And I greatly appreciate it. Bartholomew, you tried, but you didn't succeed as much as I'd hoped. I will give you a clue to where this pocket watch resides. And I will do my best to help you find it. I see. Yes. It has better than nothing and gives me something, something to look forward to for just for having lost my the memories one of my memories and for being distracted by by happier times i should be more it's taught me to be more focused on what what the duty what needs to be done and to recollect on those memories during times when when appropriate but during such moment such duties as going on this adventure and Look, helping my fellow compatriots, I should not have been as distracted 
So in that in that case, yes, I would appreciate knowing the knowledge and I feel it is a proper reward. I will give you a riddle and it will tell you the location. Sweat and red is the place. It hangs like delicate lace, a sword, a bounty and a ship's debris, a watch now dulled under the sea. Hmm. And Sadie, you too. He writes that down very quickly and very fluently with his calligraphy skills. But the but the player of Bartholomew does not write that quickly. <laughs> That's fine. Need... <laughs> I, will, I will give them to you directly. <laughs> Thank you. Sadie, you did. Very well. Very eloquent. Though. You did it just as well. And I can also give you details of which to find the beautiful lost earring. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Where stories told and embers grow, a diamond lies that cannot glow. Within the grasp, a creature fair, fur and canvas, its secret lair. Hmm. That's a riddle. So, as swiftly as the celestial presence manifested, it dissipates. The table and its artifacts fading into an abyss of darkness. A brief interlude ensues and a profound void grips your senses. And a creeping anxiety takes root in your mind. Seconds stretch into an eternity of silence and emptiness, devoid of sight and a vacuum of nothingness. Gradually, a smoky haze akin to the shades of grey permeates the surroundings, revealing the guild behind this ethereal curtain. A mist thickens and suddenly you find yourself seamlessly back in the familiar hall as though you never departed your seats. Everything appears undisturbed, unchanged, yet an unsettling sensation lingers and a subtle discord, as if you've genuinely forgotten the reasons and means of your departure. Fading like a distant memory, slipping further and further away, can you grasp onto it before it vanishes into the recesses of oblivion? Bartholomew shakes his head, back in the fire-breathing kitten's guild hall. Oh, that poetry, that, that riddle lingers in my mind. Were we asleep, awake the entire time? Was, did anyone remember? Why, wait, Fire with the Kittens Guildhall. Wait, that's right. I'm here looking for a job on the job. I go to look at the jobs board for a, job, for a mission. You go over and you see, uh, <laughs> um, you see, you see Guvo standing there looking at the jobs board. Oh, Bart, I see that you've come over. I have just finished feeding Alistar some carrots. Have you had a nice day today? I don't know. And he sort of pats you on the shoulder. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I was Sadie and Amando at this point. I think um, as the memories are fading, like the the nostalgia that I had at the academy and the the fear that I had to fight through at my parents' house, like they begin to fade. And uh, but what I have in my hand is very real, and it is the hope bringer. And when I feel its power, and when I look at the sword, and it is an actual thing, like a thing I can handle, a thing that is a memory of what actually transpired, it bring it 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 brings hints of my experience. Like I can get on the edges of the memories of talking to Emil again, or experiencing the fear in my body uh, in the home of my parents when they were assassinated. And I can always forever from now on, like just barely remember 
the thing. They never fade completely because I have this thing that is a tangible representation of these events. Sadie decides to visit her friends, Gervasio and Lika, again. It's been a while because it's been so awkward, you know? Like, but at the end of the day, they'll always be childhood friends together. Nice. Right. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you to everyone for playing. Um, I would today joined by Sadie. Bye. Uh, Bartholomew. It looks like my horse, Alistar, is full and happy. Time to take on the day with a, with a new perspective. And Amanda. I can go forward with more confidence because there are people that believe in me and there are friends that I have that I believe in them too. And together we will, we will go far. Thank you, everybody, and see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've reached the afterword, where we tell you about a show that you might enjoy. Have you heard of Appalachian murder, mystery, and legend? Learn about the true Appalachian life, mysteries, legends, and history. The host was born and raised in the Appalachian Mountains of Southwest Virginia. Let them take you on a fantastic journey through the Appalachian Mountains, exploring everything from murder, native folklore, and legend, to true stories of hardship and what makes Appalachian life, Appalachian life. Come join Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend, a podcast.